It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. It is a beautiful night in this virtual neighborhood. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, broadcasting on a lot of different platforms, both live and after the fact. We are live on channel1138.com. We are also live on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash IPC podcast. And we're also coming to you through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, CastBox, and so many other places, including StarWarsUnderworld.com. So whichever platform you chose to uh, participate in this show with us, we're so glad you're here. And we have an amazing, amazing episode lined up for you. Uh, It's time to go back to an old favorite, one that's been around for a couple of years, a top five. But this is not going to be like any other top five that we've ever done on the show. Uh, for so many different reasons. And we're going to talk about them, we're going to list them, and we're going to be discussing the lists. So it's basically one giant listicle night tonight, provided by you, the listeners, from all accounts, literally all accounts. We've gotten stuff from Instagram, from Facebook, from Twitter. Like, the only place we haven't gotten anything from is, like, Snapchat, and that's only because none of us have a Snapchat account. So, uh, speaking of us, let's go ahead and get into introductions my name is Zach, as I said, and joining me, as he always does, for the 248th time, I think he's missed like one episode, <laughs> for the 248th time out of 249 tries, that's a pretty damn high percentage, it's Mr. Benjamin Hart. I, I like those numbers. I, I think maybe I need to pump them up a little bit, but uh, I think I've done pretty good. Pretty good. Um, no. Hey, guys. How's it going? I am very excited about this one because we are going to be discussing. Can I say it? Can I say it right now? Can I go ahead and do it? Yeah, why not? Why not? Top five PBS shows. We have been at this for quite a long time, as you guys know, and it seems like every episode, or at least every other episode, we call back to our old favorite PBS programs from yesteryear and, you know, stuff we grew up with. And it's funny how. 
we finally decided on the, at the very last minute to do this episode. And I put the promo up, and I'm like, oh my goodness, have we picked something that's like truly niche, and like people just are not going to know what it is, or maybe they won't actually like you know have a good answer for it. No, 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 no. We have had more submissions, I think, than ever before. We might have to tally them up. We have had so many. It's ridiculous. And it's amazing. So, and you guys have written in with all your stuff, so we're going to get into that very, very quickly. But let me go ahead and introduce our other co-host. It is our good buddy. You've heard him several times in the show, more frequently nowadays. Mr. Jake Damon, how's it going? Pretty good, guys. How's it going with you? I am, I'm a PBS kid, mm-hmm. and I've been wanting to talk about PBS kids, or, P, well, yeah, specifically PBS kids. PBS in general is, is awesome, but uh, PBS is a cornerstone of my childhood, as it is in a lot of our childhoods, so a lot of people our age, um, and many ages. It spans many generations, as you see with Mr. Rogers and, and Sesame Street and all those good shows. Um, some are more modern shows and some are even more modern shows that uh, I'm too old for. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this and let's get into it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, like you said, Ben, I, I took a look, just a quick glance and I think I read, uh, 32 submissions from people tonight, Wow, which is like super, super high. We kind of average like maybe in the 20 region or something like that. But 32 submissions, like I said, from multiple platforms, multiple accounts. And we got a lot of people listening live on Facebook as well. So welcome to everybody that's listening with us on Facebook. Uh, Really excited to have you as we're talking about our top five best slash favorite PBS programs of all time. I know it's not Star Wars. I know that it's not, you know, the stuff that you might usually see on these types of accounts, but... It's going to be a really fun trip down memory lane as we take a look at some of these things. And what's really funny is, you know, we also have been getting responses from parents. People who have kids that are PBS age, and they're also sending us lists about what their child likes to watch. So not only is this, like, a blast from the past, but it's also an opportunity to... Talk about your current family structure, your current family situation. PBS really does reach pretty much all platforms, and that's really, really cool. Yeah, exactly, and it's something that's still going today. I mean, they still have new shows, and it's, I mean, still touching people's lives, and I think that's the whole thing is, is people have such just admiration for these things because they hit them where they lived, when they were so young, and we all grew up with this stuff, and uh, I honestly pity anyone that didn't grow up with this stuff because I feel like it was a huge influence on me as a person, and just was just brings back so much great memories. And reading everyone's lists and trying to formulate my own list has been a incredible trip down memory lane. <sighs> No doubt, no doubt. And the cool thing is, for the next hour and a half or so, we get to go down that trip ourselves. But really quickly, before we get into that, how much of a trip down memory lane did you guys take by seeing Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers in that movie trailer that came out about a week ago? Um, I cried like a baby. (laughs) 
I, yep. Yep. I I cried when he was sitting on the subway and the whole subway started singing to him. Hey, Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Please won't you be my neighbor. That was wonderful. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the part that's that got me too. That was that was the scene that just got me because I really wish I I hope that that is like a a true memory like that's something that actually happened because I I really hope that Fred Rogers was honored in that way before he passed because that is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and how how often do you get to see one of your favorite people portray one of your favorite people? That's that's, that's also true too. because I mean Tom Hanks was the voice of Woody and he's been in so many other movies that I've watched over the years like to have that mm. blast from the past combined with the PBS blast from the past like it just makes sense that was one of the best casting decisions I've ever seen yeah. he's ever- brilliant like he you can just from this little trailer from that little bit of footage we get it's like yeah that's Mr. Rogers like that's there's no doubt mm-hmm. yep Perfect casting, brilliant. I, let's just let's just get into these discussions, okay? Because, like you said, ton of submissions, mm-hmm. lot of stuff to talk about. Um, but that's kind of what inspired us to do this discussion in the first place. Was that trailer for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood just made us start thinking about our past? It made us start thinking about the things that we grew up with and made us want to talk about it. And that's the beautiful thing about having a podcast like this is you've got a platform to discuss things like that. And and especially when you have a show like IPC where we can literally talk about pretty much anything we want. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. We were talking anything. about Lion King last week, you know, and the week before, but a few weeks ago we were talking about Star Wars, talking about Star Trek and all this kind of stuff and Disney stuff and D23 and all this kind of stuff. And now we're talking about PBS. And, yeah, this is the diversity of the IPC podcast and the diversity of the top five segment. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's part of why I love our slogan, all the galaxies, all for you. And PBS like, is a galaxy all its own. It's like it's the it's the PBS CU or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you guys I, did you see the joke someone put yes, out said that's where said, I was going with it. Go ahead with it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. You take it. You take well, it. Well, I it was, I think it was, I think if we're thinking of the same one, someone said, "Oh, I can't wait for the post-credit scene for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood where you have Bob Ross show up to confirm the I guess the wholesomeness cinematic universe." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did they ever have a crossover event? I'm too young to remember if like Bob Ross visited Mr. Rogers or vice I versa. I am googling it right now, Mr. Rogers, Bob Ross. Because if they did, I really need to find that because that would have been like crossovers happening before people even called them crossovers. And see, Mr. Rogers, the great thing about his show is like, remember the episodes where he would just go someplace? Like he would go to a yeah. factory or something like that? Those were like yeah. the best episodes. Like I could totally oh, yeah. see him just going to visit Bob Ross. I'm looking on Google. Apparently they never met or at least not publicly, which is a shame. It's a shame because that's, they're, they're really two. Sad. They're two of the two of the wholesomest people to ever live, in my opinion. Two icons that both get a lot of attention in our top five discussions. So I'm gonna Absolutely. I'm gonna try and transition it as best as I can as we move into our top five discussions for the evening. 
starting off with the patrons of the IPC podcast, the folks that contribute on a regular basis to keep the show afloat. Um, one of the things that we promise to our to our patrons, to our uh, contributors, is they get top billing during these top five episodes. So if you want to make sure that you have a guaranteed spot for your list to be read, uh, go check us out at ipcpodcast.podbean.com, and we can guarantee your top fives being listed on every episode for our patrons. Uh, our friend Joey Mays sent in this list, and he says, I didn't think I'd get to five, and then I couldn't narrow it to five. <laughs> <laughs> uh he's got two little girls and so they watch pbs a lot i imagine because he's got some modern and he's got some blast from the past in the middle of all this he says honorable mentions go to pinkalicious and peterific which i've never heard of but he said watching this with my daughters now uh wow. another honorable mention goes to captain kangaroo which just sounds made up and <laughs> bill nye the science guy uh, at number five, he's got the Magic School Bus. Number four, Lamb Chops Play Along. Number three, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Number two, Reading Rainbow. And his number one, a classic that's been around as long as I can remember, Sesame Street. Yep, yep. It's funny, you mentioned Captain Kangaroo. Have you guys ever watched that show? I have no. not. I don't even know what it looks like. I have I don't no recollection. Either. I've never watched it. I've seen pictures of it. All I know is my parents never stopped talking about it. Like that's the show that they grew up on. So, oh, so I thought it was, I've I heard thought about it, it all my newer. life. I've never actually watched it. I'm looking this up right now. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Google. We can now just look at this stuff whenever we want to instead of having to be like, Oh, never heard oh, that one before. This I've seen this guy before. I've never seen the show, but I recognize him. I'm sure he's been something. memed a few times. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Dang, yeah. crazy. Okay, so that's <laughs> definitely an older show. That's like 60s era, or 50s, actually. It goes way back to the 50s. 50, uh, 55 to 84, so long wow. show. Well, that's almost 30 years of being the same character. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, of course. Quite a legacy. Of course, uh, Fred Rogers had a really long legacy as well, but he was pretty much just playing himself. I think I think that's what made his show so accessible was it was like you were in the same room with him, and he was just communicating to you through the window that is your television. Yeah, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood debuted February nineteenth, nineteen sixty eight. Final episode date August thirty first, two thousand one. Wow. Wow, that's that's a runtime. What a that legacy! That is a legacy, man. That's uh, wow. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, who who have we got next in our our list of patrons that sent in top fives? We got Miss Rachel Perry, who says, I suppose in no particular order, but I'm but I got put him in an order. Zabumafu, Cyber Chase, yeah, Dragon Tales, Between the Lions, and a toss up. Between Arthur and Nature, I never heard of Nature Cat. That's interesting. I, I don't know. Time for another Google search. Give <laughs> <laughs> me Google. We're gonna be doing a lot of that. Oh gosh. Yep. Yeah, oh, it's 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 an um, it's a Canadian American show. Uh, centers on a house cat, Fred, a dreamer of the great outdoors. Once his family leaves for the day, Fred becomes Nature Cat with the help of his animal friends. <laughs> That sounds amazing. <laughs> it, it sounds pretty cool, but it also is something that I was not privy to. Like, like I guess my 
my consumption of PBS was during a particular era when stuff was on. And ever since then, it's like, haven't paid all that much attention to it. And it's like, oh, okay, that's a thing. That, yep, same here. That's that's kind of where I'm at with with characters like Nature Cat. It's just like, oh, okay, that's a thing. <laughs> you got cool. you got to give it to them for the creativity of these shows. Like, oh, absolutely. Like you can't fault them for like not being original. Like they might be ridiculous. Like yeah, a dog who travels through time and space to take over the bodies of historical figures and in, in figures in fiction, you know that sounds weird. Oh, but oh, uh, that that dog. Okay, yeah. When you said a dog that travels through time and space, I was like, wait a second. When did the Doctor regenerate into a dog? <laughs> Wishbone K- is basically K-9. Doctor Who, is what I'm saying. Uh, there's another show that's basically Doctor Who, but we'll get into that when we get to that submission. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got a big segment coming up here. Do you realize that? Oh, it is that time, isn't it? It is. It is. Wow. Sh- show, okay. Are, are, you, are you ready? I, I'm actually ready. I went I went and I, I saw that on the list and I was like, oh, shoot, I got to prepare for this. But uh, yeah. It is that time. I got so excited when I saw that he sent us a submission. I was like, yes! Folks, if you've been with us for top fives for any amount of time, you know what time it is. It's time for Schinder's List. You have totally (laughs) worn out that joke. Damn. (laughs) No, it'll never get worn out. It will never die. Schindler's <laughs> List, Schindler's List. It's the perfect pun. <laughs> Jake, since this is your first Schindler's List segment, do you want to read off Stephen? All right. I hope I can do this justice, Mr. Stephen Schindler. Um, number five, postcards from Buster. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't know what this was, but I recognize that name Buster. That is a character in Arthur and I Googled it and bam, it looks like I a spinoff. I forgot Arthur, Arthur had its own spinoff show. Arthur had a spinoff show and it was actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I Buster, I think was my favorite character in that show. Yeah. So I, I should check that out. Um, number four, Cyber Chase. Ooh. Love Cyber Chase. Number three, Sesame Street. Number two, Zabumafu. And number one, Arthur. Makes sense. That's that's a really cool way to like bookend things. You know, the the one that started it all and then the one that kind of followed it up. The thing that I remember the most about postcards from Buster is it's a first person POV camcorder that's going to different parts of the country, like downtown New York, Kentucky, New Orleans. Like, he travels with his dad, who's a pilot, and so they go from town to town, and he's basically just, like, making a vlog of his life and the people that he encounters. And it's, like, live. It's not animated. Like, they put a person in this camera, and they're having conversations, and then the person who does the voice of Buster just kind of dubs over the lines, and it's turned into, like, this, like, like like a Buster Baxter video blog type of thing. Please what? please tell me there were 50 episodes where he goes to each and every state. I mean, I know he went to San Antonio, Texas at one point oh. because he went to this really famous Mexican restaurant down there that I'm actually going to be visiting in a couple of weeks myself. So it's nice. it's it's actually it's a it's a pretty cool series. It's not it's not really like Arthur 
um, it just it uses Arthur characters to go on a different type of adventure. It follows a very loose thread of Arthur storylines about the absent father who's a pilot, and all of a sudden he's like spending the summer with that father going on these adventures, and that's basically how the whole show comes to be. Dang, that's crazy. It's it's really out there, but it's it's really cool. And of course, a lot of other classics on there. Things that are a part of that '90s, early 2000s, you know, uh, Zobumafu, Arthur, Cyber Chase. Those were all kind of at their peak in the '90s, and and yep. probably like '01, '02, '03 for Cyber Chase. Um, it blew my mind when I found out that the person who voices Matt on Cyber Chase was actually a woman. <laughs> Yeah, well, I felt crazy. really. I felt so disillusioned by that. I was like, my childhood is officially ruined. <laughs> I was I was freaked out when I found out that uh, uh, what's his name Hacker was voiced by Christopher Lloyd. That never registered with me as a kid. <laughs> I, no, never. because I hadn't watched Back to the Future or anything. Me neither. Yeah. Like I I had no recollection of who he was outside of that. I heard his name on a preview. Here's here's how old I am. I remember watching the VHS of The Lion King, the 94 Lion King. And on that VHS, it had movie previews. And one of the previews was for Angels in the Outfield. I remember that preview. And And you're like, Hacker? Christopher Lloyd played that character, Al the Angel. And he's like, just call me Al. And I hear that. And I'm like, wait a second. Where's your big green chin? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where's buzz and delete right exactly so i mean steven that is an awesome list as always and uh folks i think that's gonna do it for this week's edition of shinder's list One of these days, I'm going to get the actual clip and not use the sound effect, but today is not that and then day. We won't, and then we won't use it, because that's better. Yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> I, I probably and Plus, I don't have to edit it, it in, so I like that better. Yeah, that's true. Plus, I've got a ton of awesome sound effects that I just I haven't been able to use because the timing hasn't been appropriate, but I will get to it eventually. Like, if somebody's taking too long, I'm just going to be like... Okay, time is up. Time to move on. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, so next up, we have an astounding list. We have an amazing list. Groundbreaking. Just just out of this world. Let me run through it really quick, and hopefully hold on to your butts here. This is going to get intense. So this comes for our good friend, Dominic DJ Crazy Train Jones. And he says his first is an honorable mention, which is Arthur. Hmm. Number five, Arthur. Number four, Arthur. Number three, (laughs) Arthur. Number two, Arthur. Number one, Arthur. I was so surprised. There's such a theme here. I was so (laughs) surprised by that number one. I did not see that coming. I know. I know. It just comes out of nowhere. It just totally blindsided me, man. I was not expecting that at all. (laughs) Wow. It would have been great if you just stuck Cyber Chase at, like, number two. <laughs> and then it would never just, just stole random, Yeah, just a random one. Or it would have been like, Cyber Chase, no, just kidding, Arthur. <laughs> See, I feel like Chris would have done something like that for sure. Yeah. Like, I have I've, I've, I've known 
our friend Chris Siegel to send in stuff like that just to kind of troll people. A little they're bit. they're they're both pretty big trolls. I think Dominic maybe to a more it depends Wait on the second. day. Depends on the Wait day. Wait a second. Did someone say troll? Oh god. Speaking of trolling. <laughs> Rest in peace, Trollolo guy. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, my ears. <laughs> oh, dude. My favorite one of those is still the one with the Lord of the Rings deleted scene with uh, Saruman up on the top of the tower. He's just waving his arms around and you can hear the Trollolo. I'm just like, man, if Christopher Lee had actually done that. Right. It's honestly one of the best memes ever. Oh. And they just match it up so perfectly. And he's just looking over the door. And just fits. Like you can see Christopher Lee doing that. Like it's just it's, the best. It's, it's one of the best memes ever, but it is still not the best Lord of the Rings meme. Oh, I, which one is that? I, I believe, I believe everyone in this conversation can attest to the fact that the best Lord of the Rings video meme to ever take place, and probably one of the most watched in the history of YouTube, would be they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Oh yes, of course. And see, I I, I love that? that everyone knew about that one except me going into talking about <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Like, oh, do you taking the hobbits to Isengard? Like, what are you guys talking about? Like, I don't I don't get the joke. What, what is this? Um, and then I just we totally, had to just totally missed it. And like, I we, get all the memes. Like. I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I know I laugh at the memes because I understand them because I've seen them so many times. But yeah. that and would if, just pass if you me. haven't if you haven't listened to the song on YouTube, you need to because there's a whole song with just like amazing quotes put to music, and one of them is "They're taking the hobbits to Isengard, God, 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 God," and then another line is. Tell me where is Gandalf? For I much desire to speak with him. Just on a loop. It's it's great. It's came great. came out came about when Auto Tune was a really big thing, and still is. Yeah. <laughs> Auto Tune is so accessible now; it can be like an app on your phone. Because I've seen people's Snapchat stories that get auto tuned, and they're just like talking to their dog in an auto tune voice, and it's yeah. like. Where are you going with that slipper? And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> some people depend depend upon it on their livelihood. I mean, Miley Cyrus couldn't sing without it. <laughs> hey, hey, she did all right with Party in the USA, dude. She did all right. Yeah, she did fine with Auto Tune. Billy Ray Party Cyrus. in the Auto Tune USA. We want to talk about the most popular Cyrus right now. I think that belongs to one Mr. Billy Ray. I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not. Like, there I'm is Billy still... Ray at this point. I'm still blown away by the fact that his collaboration with Lil Nas X has become the most popular song on the Billboard charts for 17 consecutive weeks. What? That's insane. Oh, my God. Yeah, you didn't know that he collaborated on Old Town Road? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I heard about this. Of course, I've heard the song. I I, I think I heard that he was on it. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's Lil Nas X featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. It is called Country Rap, and the country part <laughs> belongs to one Mr. Billy Ray. Yeah. Do you want to know? Okay, I know we're on a tangent, but do you want to hear something weird? I am not a huge fan of rap music, and I'm not a huge fan of country music. They're probably my two least favorite. But this song combines the two, and I liked it. Honestly, same. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, hey, sometimes you have to take two things that you don't like to make something that you do like. You mean like That's Korean barbecue? Like, well, I like Korean food and barbecue. But. I mean, I like barbecue, but I, I really didn't get into Korean barbecue or even Korean food until I had Korean barbecue. So, yeah, fusion is definitely a thing, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough... The All Arthur Trends is not entirely a unique one. Apparently, great minds think alike because our friend over at the Phantom Cantina, Sean Giroux, also had an All Arthur's list. He started by listing shows like Game of Thrones and Supernatural. And I had to like double check with him. I was like, dude, did your PBS actually have those shows? (laughs) Uh, But when we clarified that it was PBS, he was like, Arthur, Arthur. Arthur, Arthur, and Arthur. So maybe Canadians just like Arthur. I don't know. Apparently but so. it's, it's always great to hear from Sean as well. And, uh, you know, he and Dominic may not be uh, entirely wrong in that thought. I mean, Arthur was a pretty solid show. So I can oh, totally yeah. see why they would have it as all of their fives. I mean, pretty great show. Oh, yeah. Arthur was a classic and obviously a very popular one tonight. Okay, so I'm going to hit the pause button for just a second here because this is a pretty monumentous moment uh, in IPC history. There has been input from other family members over the last five years or so. Uh, I've had my sister on the show before. Uh, My dad helped us do the Doctor Who intro. My mom has submitted uh, comments and thoughts and even... Uh, a list on this show, but there's one member of my family whom I've talked about before, but, you know, only vaguely and in pieces or or what have you, Uh, mostly to protect his privacy. But uh, my brother really, really loves PBS, watches a lot of PBS shows, has always been brought up on him. And um, we started doing a top five discussion when we're just driving around town and stuff, you know, top five favorite ice cream flavors, top five uh, favorite moments in Star Wars, you know, if top five favorite sodas, it doesn't matter. Top five zoos that we've been to. It's been, you know, just list after list after list. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to send him this picture, our, our promo image. You know, what are your top five PBS Kids shows? And I asked him, I said, if you want to text me your top five, I'll discuss it on the show. Made him a promise saying, you know, I'll do this if you actually want to, want to send something in. And he did. So for the first time ever, this is my brother Joel contributing to the IPC podcast. He has a top five list, and it is as follows. At number five, Sesame Street. At number four, Clifford. Number three, Kratz Creatures. Number two, Wishbone, and number one, Zaboomafoo. Nice. Doesn't really surprise me that four out of these five shows are animal-related. He is a bigger animal buff than I am. I mean, he just reads, 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 reads books and magazines, nature programs. So Clifford the Dog, Wishbone the Dog, Kratz Creatures, and then another Crap Brothers production, Zaboomafoo. Totally makes sense that he's animal-centric like that. And it makes for a really great list because if there was ever something PBS did right, it would be educational programming centered around nature and animals. So 
Yeah, that's my brother's top five for you guys. His first ever contribution to the podcast, and it's a pretty good one. That is awesome. Yeah, I know Joel's been listening for a little while, and I'm glad he could finally contribute and give us his top five. That's great. All right, we got we got one more from a peacekeeper, and he didn't give us five. Like, I almost wanted to disqualify him, but he's been a long-time he, listener, so we'll— He's Kenny Crayley Jr. You can't disqualify him. No, he's been you, around you, too long. You you can't DQ the the Kenny Crayley Jr. man. Uh, you can't. Uh, he says, I only have two, Sesame Street and Reading Rainbow. Honestly, that's all you need. Really? Those are solid choices. I, I, yep. Um, we got we got a message from our friend Matthew Hardy in the chat. He's like, "Get on with it." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know we've had a little few too many changes. Like twenty minutes into the show, I'm sorry. <laughs> but ironically, his is the next list from our selection of Facebook submissions. So is he Matt, spying on our show notes or something? Your, your timing could not be more perfect, my dude. Uh, Jake, what kind of things did uh, Mr. Hardy send to us? Frank and Joe's long-lost brother, Matthew. Um, If you read the Hardy Boys, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) Deep cut. So for his honorable mention, he has the Magic School Bus, which I think was another honorable mention. Or no, it was number five on Joey's list. Sorry, Uh I was just wondering if that was mentioned. Uh, Number five, Wishbone. Number four, Shining Time Station, which I have not heard of. Oh, we're going to get into that. Uh Slash Thomas the the Tank Engine. uh, Basically train version of J.J. the Jet Plane. Uh, No. Three. No. Incorrect. (laughs) It's the other way around. Just just visually speaking. Oh, yeah, it's the other way around. You're right. J.J.'s the the plane version of Thomas. Uh, Number three, we've got Reading Rainbow. Uh, number two, Bill Nye, the science guy. And number one, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Which I never saw the show, but I played the PC game a ton. When Dude, I, was I remember that PC game. I remember seeing yeah. it at the Scholastic Book Fairs all the time. Yeah. There, I think there might have been a couple games. I'm not sure. But the one I played was the one where the beginning, like, animated sequence they were in the desert and like this tower comes out of the sand or something i that always really captured my imagination when i was a kid i thought that was cool yeah i didn't i don't think i don't think i watched a whole lot of carmen san diego but i did watch a lot of bill nye the science guy bill yeah bill 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 there's a there's a meme about that too i think there's oh yeah oh yeah yeah especially especially now when you have bill nye coming on tv and cursing at you about climate change um gets a lot of memes that yeah that's true that's true uh hey ben guess what what our friend george rivera has sent us in his list uh do you mind reading his off before it gets lost in the in the mixler chat list absolutely i won't even put it in the notes we're just gonna fly by the seat of our pants and read it right going just going with it man And see, George, George did it right. He put him in order. Can't wait to read this one. So here we go. George Rivera says, here's my list. Number five, The Electric Company. Number four, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Number three, three, two, one, Contract. Contact? Contact. One, two, three, three, two, one, Contact. I've never heard of that one, obviously. Um, And Wishbone. Two, Reading Rainbow. And one, Sesame Street. I'm looking up three, two, one, Contact now. I thought he was going to say 321 Penguins. I don't think that was PBS, buddy. I, I don't think so either, but 
It was uh, that amazing. era for me. How many shows that I know from PBS and how many shows I have never heard of? <laughs> yeah, three two on contacts another one that I haven't heard of. I know that the electric company was kind of twofold. Like it it it, it existed uh like several several decades ago and then they tried to like reboot it about I don't know, five to ten years ago. And the reboot just did not go over very well. So I don't know if that's still in production or not, but uh yes. it's interesting that it's it's got enough longevity to uh to last uh, over the span of a, of several generations, and so that's that's a that's a really awesome list. Because I mean, reading Rainbow, Lavar Burton was kind of typecast as Jordy LaForge until he got that job on Reading Rainbow, and then he just really kind of came into his own, which was you, so cool. Do you remember that episode of Reading Rainbow when he is like hanging out with the cast of the Next Generation at the end? Something like that. He puts on his Jordy LaForge uh, visor, and he's like on the bridge of the of the really? Enterprise. It's crazy. See, I'm cool. I'm the I'm the very sheltered kid that was like, oh the the Reading Rainbow guy was in Star Trek. That's cool. That's <laughs> what I thought too. I had never seen Star Trek, and I was like, whoa, interesting A little crossover here. <laughs> so you're you're PBS nerds. Yeah, Basically. pretty much, pretty much. Basically. Uh, that's, that's literally all I had from ages 0 to 10. That's hilarious. That is really funny. You know, what? what's really funny is we got a ton of submissions from a, a lot, a lot, a lot of people about PBS programming. But there was one, our friend Star Raptor, who said, this kind of lets me out. I grew up on Nickelodeon. Ooh. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm like, really? Really? Your parents were that wealthy that you could afford cable programming? <laughs> wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, You're man, rich, back, man. Back in the day, like 20, 25 years ago, if you had cable, you just had money you didn't know what to do with. Yeah. It's like it was like the equivalent of having every streaming service today. Like my parents were basically like we could get cable but all of your meals would be beans and rice. <laughs> and I just liked pizza too so much true. to to go for cable, man. Oh, wow. man. It was it was a different time back then cuz now we've got PlayStation yep. View. Now we've got uh Hulu, we got Netflix. See, I was in a situation where we lived in a tough spot for um, like cable and satellite to reach. So even if we wanted it, we it was not an option. We only got PBS because that's all that we could get. Yep, I've been I've been down that road too, that old town road. <laughs> Bringing <laughs> no, it back. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, uh, going back to more Facebook submissions. Uh, this one's actually okay. Here's the interesting thing. My mom is, like, aware that I do this podcast, but for the most part, if I talk about it, she's ready to change the subject after a couple of minutes. <laughs> but I I guess this one resonated with her because we grew up on PBS, and she actually shared the post on her wall, the prompt, nice. asking people for submissions. And she got a lot of responses. She's Thank got you, a Zach's mom. She's got a very high engagement rate. And so this is a, this is a mutual friend of ours who replied to my mom's status but not to mine, but whatever. Um, 
Angela Hartline, <laughs> her list is as follows. She says, uh, Odd Squad, Wild Kratz, Between the Lions, Reading Rainbow, and Mr. Rogers. Reading Rainbow and Mr. Rogers is going to get a lot of love, but I think this is the second mention that we've gotten of Between the Lions. Do you guys remember Between the Lions? Oh, yes. Heck yes. Oh, they were yes. like it, it was basically like the kids version of SNL because everything was like a variety program. You had one segment over here, you had this skit happening, you had this story happening, and it just all kind of jumped around. And that's the one I was going for. <laughs> and that's why he's called Cliffhanger. Oh, Remember the man. one episode where he gets off the cliff and he just he can't handle it. He has to go back to the cliff. <laughs> I remember well, the, the name one, like Cliffhanger. I remember the one where Fuzzy Wuzzy Bear let down his hair, and it turned out fuzzy to be a Wuzzy. And then he, it turned out to be a wig, and he wasn't very Fuzzy Wuzzy. <laughs> oh, then there was like... that statue. Remember that statue guy? He was like the old grump. I forget his name. But oh. He lived in like the 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 ceiling, the roof, or something. Oh man. Okay. Do you guys remember Just in Time? Of course. No. You don't remember Just in Time. Okay, so one of the lions who was like a big fan of the Cliffhanger series met up with this old friend of his and they were going to like go back through the Cliffhanger series together. And when he <laughs> when he saw his friend, he was like, "Yeah, I don't really read Cliffhanger anymore. I actually read Just in Time now." <laughs> and Just in Time has like a briefcase and instead of hanging from a cliff, He's resting in a hammock until the next crisis happens. <laughs> Instead of, can't hold on much longer, Justin Times' tagline was, couldn't be more comfortable. Oh, yeah. It's coming back to me now. I remember that. Goodness gracious. I just gracious. didn't remember his name. Goodness gracious. Why do I have that information lying around in my head? Oh, man, you watch this stuff enough times, it's just in there. I don't even remember how many times I watched that particular episode, but it's ingrained in my memory now. It's got to be at least a decade since I've seen even one episode of that show. But, oh my gosh. For, for, it, it's also, for anybody wondering what the show's like, it's kind of like if you mixed the Muppets with the Lion King. Set, in, like, a li set in a library. And kind exactly. of like set Sesame Street too. I would say. Yeah, a yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But, yeah, man, I mean, Between the Lions, Wild Kratz, that's actually a pretty new program. The Kratz Brothers, mm -hmm. they just can't leave PBS. They nope. just, you, you can't get rid of them. They're like, they're like acne. Just when you think they're gone, they pop back <laughs> up again. I'm sure they'd love to hear that. Hey, <laughs> that's I mean, a great comparison, they gotta, isn't they gotta it? They got to pay the bills, and they got the animals, so why not? I mean, you <laughs> might as well. Uh, Wild Kratz <sighs> is actually pretty innovative because uh, they do like a little bit of live stuff and then they do like this weird pose and then all of a sudden they do like a flashbang and suddenly they're animated. And so like 90% of the show is just voice acting work and then the animators like put it to animation instead of having to do their own stunts. Those lazy so, Kratz, they just sit I, back in a <laughs> recording studio. Like we're not going to come in but right? about five minutes a day. You're going to animate know. the rest of it. Like what the crap? They're they're like if Steve Irwin split into two brothers and were American. Did they Please. ever really like pick up animals and stuff though? I know that they hung out with them at Animal Junction, but other than that, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. remember either of the Krat brothers ever wrestling a bear or a tiger or a crocodile. Hey, look over there! There's a tiger. 
That tiger weighs 800 pounds and you can kill a man in 10 seconds. I'm going to touch him. <laughs> Let's go screw with this thing. <laughs> oh, Steve Irwin. May you rest in peace. Did y'all see that um, his his daughter, Bindi, got engaged on her birthday? Yeah. I saw that. Con- congratulations awesome. to her. And, uh, and her little brother was... Like kind of hiding in the bushes, like taking pictures. He's actually a hell of a photographer. Yeah, yeah. And he's there. Both of them are like really like taking over where their father left off. Like truly, like you can see yeah. them and see a lot of him in both of them. So uh, yeah, that's PBS. Yeah. PBS needs to pick up the Crocodile Hunter. Oh it yeah, does. It, yeah. Just, just saying. Just here's here's a, a cool thing I learned uh, last week. Um, so my family, we were missionaries over in Papua New Guinea for about four years, and one of our friends from over there, the their family, the Vanderdizes, they have a son named Joel, and he's a very good painter. He paints super well. He's from Australia, and he was in australia last week um i'm not sure if he was visiting family or what but he had painted a picture of steve Irwin, and was able to get that painting to his family while they were at some event or something there's pictures of it on facebook it's really neat oh, but wow they, they have that painting now that's fantastic. that's awesome yeah. that is so cool so they've got a new show called crikey it's the Irwins, and that's that's pretty cool, but I'm here on Amazon now trying to figure out how I can get my hands on the complete series. Yeah, <laughs> it's another wholesome, wholesome family putting out really good entertainment. Absolutely, it's very true, very true. Speaking of entertainment, we got a lot more entertainment to talk about, so let's get on with it. Who we got All up right. next? Next up, oh. we've got our good buddy Alessio Pasquale, and uh, he says at number five, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Number four, Arthur. Number three, Booba. Booba? Booba? That's a. Oh, yes. That's one. Um, Number two. Number two. Kelly (laughs) Tubbies. And number one. It's a big, big world. Now, what do you got to say, Zach? Booba? (laughs) I remember when the show came out. (laughs) It sounds like those those droids from the end of Revenge of the Sith. Booba. 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 Yeah, okay. I actually have a really funny story about this. Uh, this series. I have not seen one episode of it, but I did buy the DVD of it once. <laughs> Why? <laughs> on a dare. Oh my goodness. On a dare, I was given $10 and I had to figure out the creepiest way to freak out the Walmart checker with $10. I bought a DVD <laughs> of Booba and some rubber gloves and baby oil. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh. That's terrible, but hilarious, and I wish I was there for that. <laughs> oh, the look on her face was the best. <laughs> it was a dare, and I threw it away as soon as I walked oh, out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. All right, um, uh, Jake, you want to take the next one? All right, well, I'll just go ahead with Chris's list. Chris Siegel, a good friend of ours, honorable mentioned, uh, mentioned Arthur, uh, 
number five, he's got Cyber Chase. Wait, okay, so two honorable mentions, sorry. Honorable mention, Arthur and Liberty's Kids. I have to agree with you there. Love Liberty's Kids. Uh, number five, Cyber Chase. Number four, Zoom. Heck yes. Yeah. Number three, Wishbone. Number two, Adventures from the Book of Virtues. Never heard of that one. And number one, Arthur. That's an interesting one. I think the I think the honorable mention on the bottom is someone else's. Oh, okay. <laughs> we got yeah, our, our note, our notes got like, kind of screwed up. I don't know what happened there, but his Chris's honorable mention is Liberty's Cage, which is a great one. And uh, yeah, I'll have to work on to see where that goes. But uh, <laughs> that's that's a solid list. That's I've never heard of Adventures from the Book of Virtues. I gotta Google this and see. What exactly this is, because never, ever heard of it. Uh, Adventures from the Book of Virtues was actually not on PBS in my region. It was on Channel 2, which was like the Christian station or something. Um, oh, okay. It, it, okay. It, it wasn't exactly like like entirely Christian, but the Book of Virtues was kind of like intended to be in reference to all of the good things in life. Including, you know, like the Bible, the Quran, and uh, writings from like Plato and Aristotle and Socrates and people like that. And anytime these kids from a little uh, valley community face some sort of issue in life, uh, whether that was, you know, selfishness or moderation or whatever, they would go up into the mountain and ask the advice of this wise old bison named Plato. It's <laughs> so weird. At least that's what I that's cool. that's what I remember about it. I also remember that it had like a, a book on tape series, much like the Adventures in Odyssey. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that. I love Adventures in Odyssey. See, I don't think that was on PBS, was it? Uh, no. No, I think it was. I think it was like too religious for PBS. The, yeah. The Adventures in Odyssey that I remember was a there was a radio version. Yeah, that's that's all I listened to is the radio version. There was a couple of cartoons, but the radio version was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched yeah. A, I watched a few episodes on VHS one time, but oh man, yeah. that's that's a that's a really solid list. You know, I think that honorable mention to Arthur was when uh, when we were looking at Dominic Jones's list because I moved him into the the Peacekeeper. Oh, that makes sense. I moved makes sense. I moved him into the Peacekeeper section because he's part of that group. And then I guess oh. I guess I just forgot to to delete his honorable mention. But it also is kind of funny because we've got honorable mention Arthur, and then at number one, Arthur, <laughs> Arthur. almost pulled a Dominic, right? Again. And a, a big tip off that it's a a Canadian that wrote that honorable spelled with O U. <laughs> yeah, because Chris's Not honorable American mention, would, no American would do that. Chris's honorable mention for Liberty's Kids is just H O N O R, not O U R. Damn Canadians. Yeah. Those damn Yankees. <laughs> Honestly, anybody north of Oklahoma is a damn Yankee anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I oh. refute that statement. Shut up, you damn Yankee. <laughs> this is not a Southerners only show anymore. We have to be more inclusive now. <sighs> what are you talking about? I am from oh, the Oh, God, don't oh, do that. Oh, see, there he goes. There he goes. He's he's one of us. Uh, <laughs> we got to work on your accent, bro. What are you talking about? I think it's perfect. You sound like Jed Clampett. You don't sound like a true Southerner. 
Sound like Dominic doing Ben's voice on your uh, Star Wars Underworld promos. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'd almost forgotten that existed. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got more lists, guys. We got to keep this moving. Yeah, we do. At this rate, we'll be done by like midnight, 1230. Oh, gosh. Okay, so Vincent Sai says, number five, Wild Kratz. Number four, Arthur. Number three, Fetch with Ruff Rothman? That's the first time that one's been mentioned. Holy cow. Googling now. You guys don't don't know know. Fetch with Ruff Rothman? Oh, No. That's a deep cut. Dude. Ben, you know what that one is. Probably, probably. I'll have to look it up. It's, it's, but it's, real quick. I, oh, man. Number two, Cyber Chase. Yes. Um, number one, Word Girl. Never heard of that one either. Oh, I remember Word, Word Girl. Girl. She was a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was a superhero that defeated villains with her vocabulary. It was ridiculous. Oh, my God. She, she literally, like outspoke them and then after she beat them with her vocabulary she beat them with her punches nice it was the weirdest thing also um it was kind of weird because she like kept her identity a secret but her biggest fan slash person that had the biggest crush on her as word girl was her alter ego's little brother That's very weird. It was... And for the record, I have never seen or heard of either of these shows. Oh, man. I watched like the first three seasons of Rough Ruffman, and then it kind of like fell off the deep end, and I was getting into my high school years, and I was like, okay, I'm done. But basically, it was like a game show for kids, and they would be given these challenges by a virtual dog named Rough Ruffman. And... As you completed the challenges, you were learning about science and geography and things like that, while also like doing problem-solving skills and overcoming obstacles, things like that. It was it was pretty empowering. It was pretty cool. But at the same time, at the end of each episode, he gave out points, and then you could like choose whether you wanted to redeem your prize or give it to somebody else because that prize might be really awesome or it might be a pile of goop. And so, <laughs> so it, it was kind of like a strategy type thing because the person with the most points got to like advance farther into the final rounds when the season finished. Oh, damn. It was, it was, it was, it was an interesting show, but definitely geared for like tweens, like 10, 11, 12, I suppose. Cause that was, that yeah. was about, that was about the age of the kids that were participating. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, moving on some more. Uh, this is, this is actually pretty cool because I really enjoy it when people from uh, from like places outside of my podcasting world interact with me with stuff about my podcast. And so um, these are people from work or my former workplaces or people from school. Um, Michael Eldridge sent us a list and Michael was the first guy to give me a shot at working in the sports world. Nice. I, I interned for him at my university for about two years before I switched departments. And he's he's a really solid dude, loves his school, loves what he does, and apparently loves PBS too because his top five is probably one of the most solid lists out there. At number five, he's got Bill Nye. At number four, he's got Zabumafu. At number three, Arthur. Number two, Magic School Bus. 
And number one, Wishbone. Nice. Nice. Like, I don't think you can go wrong with any of those selections. Not at all. Nope. 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 Here's the thing, though. I don't remember Magic School Bus being on PBS. Well, when I watched... Okay, I said we only got PBS, but sometimes when we changed the channel, we'd get a really staticky channel, and just barely in that static the Magic School Bus would come through. And I don't know what channel that was, but it wasn't on PBS in my memory. But it could have been in, like, some stations. I don't know. Or maybe it had to do with, like, the the years that it was on. Maybe it was on at a time when I wasn't watching PBS all that much or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Did you know it got rebooted? Yeah, I didn't see the new reboot yet, but I am interested in checking it out. I'm slightly interested, but I'm also kind of worried, because Netflix hasn't been doing a solid job with their original programming as of late. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, we're supposed to get really excited about Dark Crystal, but they canceled Daredevil, so I don't know. (laughs) Shaky ground there. Another weird fact, speaking of the Dark Crystal, uh, another friend of mine from New Guinea funnily enough he does like videography and stuff and he has a lot of fancy cameras and whatever he has a drone too and he got footage of a jungle in new guinea and a friend of his who works for netflix is using that drone footage in the dark crystal why wow i thought that was super cool it's it's cool but also so obscure (laughs) right (laughs) But that is that is pretty cool. I mean, I'm not getting my drone footage posted on a Netflix original series, so <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So who we got next? Uh, next, Bill Lee. I just kind of want to call you Billy, but I'm going to call you Bill Lee because that's your name. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure which way to do this because he has a message at the end saying, full disclosure, the last three are because of my kids. But I'll just go ahead and go from five to one and just guess which three he's talking about. Uh, five, Peg and Cat, or Peg plus Cat. Not sure what that... I think it's Peg and Cat. Never heard of that, though. Uh, number four, Wild Kratz. Number three, Super Y. Never heard of that either. Number two, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? And number one is Sesame Street. Have you guys ever heard of peg and cat or super Y? i've heard of it uh it's kind of like a a reading show for preschoolers they're like superheroes that are learning to read and they're kind of learning to read with the kids that are learning to read gotcha is it kind of in the same vein as word girl sort of uh word girl is uh probably for like ages seven through nine like expanding their vocabulary I think Super Y okay. is more about identifying words and being able to read them in day-to-day situations. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, I just Google it. So Word Girl is more 2D animation, and Super Y is like a 3D animated show. Oh, see, that's the thing. Is I, I, I'm talking to you about story. I'm the writer. I'm, I'm thinking about story-based <laughs> stuff. You're the artist, and you're thinking about what type of animation it is. This is... This... I always notice visual <laughs> differences first. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. So I have a feeling that Super Y, Wild Kratts, and Peg and Cat are all fairly new programs because San Diego and Sesame Street yeah. were around in like the 80s and 90s. 
So that may have so, that may have been stuff that Bill watched, and then the new stuff is due to his kids. So we got a little bit of yeah. both in that list, which is really cool. And Bill's another really awesome dude that I had the pleasure of working with uh, at my school. He's moved on to Colorado now, and I'm super jealous of both his job and his view. Because, oh my gosh, yeah. some of the pictures that he posts up there in Colorado are just freaking gorgeous. Oh, it's so nice out there. I need I need to go. I've been a beach bum for so long. I always go to the beach. I go to the coast or I go out uh, out west. I need to hit up the mountains at some point. Uh, you won't regret it. Trust me. Yeah, it's it's nice. Out west is just amazing. Okay, in its own unique way. Ben, I've got something I need to confess to you. Okay. Um, I I don't I don't really know how to put this, but um, you um, you're not the only Ben in my life. Oh, what? No. What? I What are you talking about? I know, I know. I I met this other dude named Ben one time in my class and he was he was just really friendly and we were working on group How projects could together. How you do this to me? It was it was, How? It, it was it was a one-time thing. I didn't even like it. Oh, that's what they all say. <laughs> How did this podcast turn into a romance drama? <laughs> Uh, We're going to have this out on Maury next week. <laughs> I did not sign up for this. Oh, Ben Anderson sent us a list as well. He's he's a guy from my school and um, really into sports, especially the Dallas Stars. That's kind of where, where we kind of blossomed our friendship from. But apparently we've got a lot of uh, PBS shows in common as well. Uh, his list is as follows. He's got Wishbone, Dragon Tales, Cyber Chase, Zaboomafu, and Arthur. He also puts in the addendum, I also loved Barney more than life itself for the first few years of my life, but I'm not sure of the frame of reference. I'm right there with you, dude. Barney was my show when I was a, a wee lad. My first Barney experience, I kid you not, my first ever Barney experience was... Jurassic Park 3. Oh my gosh, really? are you kidding me? Really? That little little reference on the TV. That snippet where they're cutting back and forth between the Spinosaurus, like, trying to eat them alive in the river. Oh. And then the kid dancing in front of the TV with Barney dancing around on the TV. By the That's way, hilarious. by the way, best part of Jurassic Park 3, easily, by a long shot. Oh, <laughs> dude, I would contest that sequence where they can't figure out where the satellite phone is, and then they realize that it's inside the Spinosaurus' stomach. And yeah, they and they good. can hear it ringing, but they can't hear the giant dinosaur walking up behind them. Right? They can't hear that. <laughs> right? Yeah. That that's a that's right up there. Best just cinema. Just <laughs> cinema scenes in general, some of the best ever. Oh, that tension though. Like it was so frustrating because I'm like, this is making me tense and I don't know why. <laughs> All right, so we got Brian D. Russell up next. Who wants to take his? I got that. He's one of my one of my buddies from oh. New Guinea. Believe it or not, that's three mentions, three different friends. The small from world. New Guinea. It's also. kind of turning into old Guinea at this point, Jake. Right, yes, like <laughs> good one, good one. Um, <laughs> he says. Uh, and I'm not sure which order this is, but I'm just going to read it from beginning to end. Um, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, in parentheses, game show, uh, Shining Time Station, Adventures from the Book of Virtues, there, there's that one again, Wishbone, and The Magic School Bus. And in parentheses, he puts original, which 
differentiates between the original and the reboot i'm assuming um good good choices brian and i've got to i've got to say that i feel like this is probably from a an era slightly before my era because i think you're a little bit older than me i'm not sure by how much but it's interesting to see all of the ages and the time the time like see seeing where the the eras were based on what age you were it's very interesting right yeah yeah it's really cool and up next we've got paulette williams who says in i suppose no particular order but i'm gonna give it an order anyway mr rogers reading rainbow clifford sesame street and thomas the tank engine first mention of clifford the big red dog yep whoa yeah i was so disappointed when i found out that the voice actor who played clifford had passed away because that that meant no more new episodes Uh, they did not recast which i really respected the heck out of they did not recast to continue the show when that voice actor passed away i forget what his name was but when he passed away they just cut the show and then they did like a, a prequel series called Clifford's Puppy Days. Oh my Interesting. God. They they kept doing Clifford stuff, but they did like a backtrack and went back to like the apartment days to see his adventures as a tiny puppy before he grew up. But when when Clifford's voice actor passed away, that was it for the show. And yet oh, it man. still got a crap ton of reruns. Yeah. But uh, Paulette is yeah. a, a friend of my mom's, and she was uh, one of the contributors on uh on my mom's thread so thank you paulette for sending in a list john ritter was the voice of clifford thank you george see i, I love having george what? live in the chat that. yeah i love having george in the chat because like every time i'm drawing a blank he's just like doing a quick google search and he's like okay here you go zach i'm gonna cover your butt for you <laughs> <laughs> thanks dude i appreciate it but yeah john ritter was the voice of clifford and when when ritter passed away wow. they just cut doing the show that that's sad and amazing at the same time wow yeah very true all right another submission uh from my mom's thread is from one candy summers and her list is as follows reading rainbow original electric company not just the electric company original electric company (laughs) clifford curious george and then torn between the cat in the hat and word girl I didn't know that they allowed Mike Myers on PBS. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my Wrong God. cat in the hat, son. <laughs> no, I, I know. Yeah, baby. I know what you're talking about, though, because <laughs> oh, I remember. Ben, no, please. I remember them doing um, the Green Eggs and Ham bit, and it sounded like. Um, sounded like what was what was his name um he sounded a lot like tigger from winnie the pooh the main guy not sam i am but the guy who didn't want to eat um the green eggs and ham he's really? he's like yeah. jim cummings he sounded a lot like either jim cummings or the guy that jim cummings emulated uh paul winchell i think was his name okay. winchell i think was his name now i'm gonna do the google search yeah, Paul Paul Winchell was the original voice of Tigger, like the old school original Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. It almost sounded like Paul Winchell did that one. 
but I did not know that. I, wow. I I couldn't say for sure. I don't recall the Cat in the Hat being on PBS, but I may have just outgrown it by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Who we got next? Uh, continuing on, we've got uh, Miss Lisa Fenner, and I'll go ahead and take this one because she she sends this message to me specifically. She goes, "I'm not the target audience for Zach, but I love American Experience and Nova." My kids years ago would have said Cyber Chase and Wishbone. Much younger, one loved the big comfy couch and seven little yes. monsters. The other loved Barney. I'd almost forgotten the big comfy couch. That show me too. gave me nightmares. <laughs> Major bedhead. Oh my gosh. And then blaming the doll for all of the messes. I've actually done that before. Yeah. Like, I didn't make the mess. My stuffed uh, bear did. Well, then you and your stuffed bear can clean it up, Zach. Um, it always creeped me out when she would lay down and, like, become the clock. Yes. I was just like, who does that? Like, she she would become the clock, and then there was also the times where she would just, like, dig into the cushions of that big couch. Yeah. And it just, like, pull out things like crowbars. And I'm like, who keeps a crowbar <laughs> in their couch? Like, I know that it's not meant to be true to life, but oh my gosh, that was creepy. I thought I was the only one who did that. But. Uh, okay, I will admit, I keep a Bowie knife in my bed, but I don't keep a crowbar in my couch. <laughs> you, I mean, it's always good to have a blade on hand. You don't, you don't want to stalk me in the middle of the night. I will stab you. <laughs> good yep, to know. I'm not going to do that. I will, I will literally stab you. Uh, really quick, I'm going to go on like a quick 60-second tangent, if I may. Absolutely. Lisa Fenner's mention of Nova reminded me of a piece of my childhood that PBS is responsible for, but wasn't like a kids-oriented programming. Do you guys remember Nova specials? Vaguely. Yeah. They, they were basically the nature programs before people had Animal Planet and before you had things like the Cosmos or something like that. Like, this was before... Okay. This was before Neil deGrasse Tyson. This was before, you know, all of those popular, you know, gimmicky nature shows that you see on Animal Planet. This was, like, legit programming. Like, super informational. And one time, I want to say it was, like, on a weekend or something, before Shark Week was invented, Nova did a weekend special all about sharks. Like, back in the 90s. Like early to mid-90s, 95, 96, something like that. And we got a six-hour VHS blank tape and recorded as much of that programming as we could. And it was about great whites. It was about tigers. It was about sand tiger. It was about freshwater versus saltwater. It was about what scientists have discovered and all that sort of stuff. And when I was like four, five years old, I watched that tape on a regular basis, like three to four times a week, just consuming, eating up that Nova special all about sharks. And at the age of five, I decided I wanted to be one of those people that got into the cages and studied animal behavior from the perspective of sharks. And yeah, it was wow. it was all thanks to that Nova special. And I actually started researching schools that offer marine biology degrees when I got to middle school. I actually took a marine biology class in high school. Like, I was getting ready to become a marine biology major. And then senior year hit, and I had to take chemistry. And it blended science and math 
and I sucked at it. <laughs> you realized this is not the job. I realized I was not cut out for this. I wanted to be the person that got into the tanks and just studied their behaviors. But in order to get from like where I was to get there, I had to get through chemistry and microbiology first, and I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> My interest in sharks has never wavered. But obviously that's not what my degree is in, but I will always have a soft spot for Nova specials because they helped start a passion of mine for sharks that is still alive to this day. Yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's why those shows are so important because it does start people on those paths. It does get kids interested in that kind of stuff. Totally. And, uh, you know, sets it probably created, it created so many marine biologists and all kinds of people that work with animals. Yep. Right. Very true. Okay, rant over. I'm going to take a drink of water. Somebody help me. <laughs> who, um, we, who we got up next? Uh, Tony Cindy Bearden. Um, first, she's got the Antique Road Show, which my family used to watch all the time. It was very, very interesting show. It was very fun to watch. Um, yeah. This Old House, also, my family watched that a lot. Yeah. Travel with Rick Steves. Um, Monty Python's Flying Circus and oh. Black Adder. Oh boy, I'm, I don't think I've heard of this one. I I didn't know Black Adder was on PBS at any point. But Zach, have you ever seen Black Adder? Oh, he's taking. A drink. I told you I was sorry. taking a drink of water, fool. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, thought, I didn't know you were I like you take, take a drink of water. I needed a lot well, of water. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen Black Adder? <laughs> I might have, but it's been a while. I don't I don't really recall much about it. Okay, so Black Adder is one of my brother Andrew's and my favorite shows of all time. It is a five series long anthology series in which Rowan Atkinson is the main character and oh. he plays this uh character in history just this made-up character uh i think he has a different name in each series but he goes by the name black adder that's like his code name and in the first season he is in like old the the old dark ages in in england and then in the second season it goes forward a couple hundred years and then the third season goes forward a couple hundred years and he it, until the last season you're in world war one and he wow. plays a descendant of the person who was in the last season and so on so he's he's playing himself in a long family line so there are different people in his family but he still plays that character um but it's a comedy it's got it's got uh Stephen Fry shows up in it um uh Hugh Laurie shows up in it a lot uh it's just it's one of those old older comedy tv shows that kind of played by its own rules not not unlike Monty Python I'd say it's a little bit more on the rails um but still hilarious and my brother and i have seen it two or three times all the way through i think and i think we're due for another one i i would love to start a podcast about that to be honest that sounds great yeah it's it's worth it i think it's on hulu i could be wrong but 
Yeah, I mean, wow. I, I, I was talking the other day about how I've got five or six different podcast ideas. I'd be willing to make that seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you love Rowan Atkinson, this – I mean, I loved him before watching Black Adder, but after watching Black Adder through – the first time my brother and I are like, yep, Rowan Atkinson is one of the best out there. He is indeed. All right. Up next, we've got Sonny Luke Lurch. And they say, uh, number five, Mr. Rogers. Number four, Zabumafu. Number three, original Zoom. OG Zoom. Uh, and uh, number two, OG Electric Company. And number one, Wishbone. Don't tell me Netflix did something with Zoom. Um, no, actually, here's the deal. There was a there was Zoom in the '60s, and there was Zoom in like the '90s, early 2000s, on PBS. Both. I remember. Two different versions. Oh. I, I remember the 2000s Zoom. Yeah, that's might, the one that that's the one that I know. Now there was an older. See, it blew my mind when I found out like, oh, there is another Zoom, completely different cast and everything, um, from way back in the day. Well, I knew that. I think I've seen both. I just thought it was just like another season. I thought it was all the same show. It was just like, oh, this next season we're doing another cast. I didn't realize there were two. I would have like, assumed the same too, but apparently they're they're essentially two different shows. Dang, that just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, up next, Jamie Mills, uh, Sesame Street, Mister Rogers. Number four. Number three is Arthur. Number two and one are Super Y and Word Girl. I'm not sure if I got the order right, but um, and then she says, I miss those days of favorite good shows. Yes, yes, yes. Favorite good shows. Like she emphasizes, not- <laughs> she emphasizes good. Like this other stuff, it's not that good. But this one, yeah, this one is good. Gotta it's throw good. some shade in there. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> she's, She's my dad's cousin, so I got I, I can't I can't say too much. <laughs> uh, but keeping it in the family, after posting the prompt, my mom finally decided to get her stuff together, and uh, she tried as hard as she could. I really believe that she did, but she fell into that problem of oh, there's there's too much, there's just there's just too much. So she wrote, "Can I list more than five? Yes, Mama. Yes, I will give you more than five. Um, you are the one person that can get away with this. Yes, you're the only one. <laughs> there, there are only two other people that could get away with that, and that's Ben's mom and Jake's mom. <laughs> uh, checking in at number 10 is the big comfy couch. I guess she liked it more than I did. Or maybe she liked it because it shut me up for a half an hour. I don't know. Apparently so. Um, at number nine, I believe this is the first mention we've got of the Berenstain Bears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Berenstain yeah. Bears. It always kind of freaked me out that they had proper names that were also identifications. Like Mama, Papa, Brother, Sister. Like, that's that's your name? Like It really made things clear. Like 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 the Gramps and Gran like gave birth to this to this cub and they're like, hmm, looks like a papa. We're just going to call you Papa Bear, and you're going to be stuck with that until you become a father yourself. But, yep. uh, yeah, at eight, Berenstain Bears. No, nine, Berenstain Bears. At eight, Zabumafu. Number seven, Word Girl. Number six, Between the Lions. And in parentheses, she says, And that's why he's called Cliffhanger. 
<laughs> she loved that sequence as much as we did. Ah, that makes me so Gotta happy. Gotta put that in there. That makes me so happy. At number five, Wishbone. At number four, Sesame Street. Again, in parentheses, she goes, because I got an uninterrupted hour to myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, that's true. We would just watch Sesame Street, and then that was it. You got, like, a nap in that time. At number three, Shining Time Station. She puts a little sniff in parentheses there. I grew up on Thomas the Train, okay? Shining Time oh, Station yeah. and just the VHS. I grew up on Thomas. And so there's a lot of nostalgia attached to that little blue train. Just putting that out there. Uh, at number two, Cyber Chase. And she says, not because I liked it, but because y'all learned so much from it. Yeah. That's an appreciative moment. I really, I really don't like recall learning stuff from cyber chase but then at the same time maybe there's stuff that's just ingratiated in me that is now second nature that it's just so second nature i can't give credit to cyber chase when i'm supposed to <laughs> like i don't know and then at number one this is a family favorite liberty's kids oh yeah. yes She found the complete series, all 40 episodes on eBay on DVD for like 10 bucks. Oh my God. And so when the 4th of July rolled around, we did the most patriotic thing anybody in our household could think of. We cooked bratwurst for supper and we watched Liberty's Kids the whole day. That sounds amazing. The entire series, everything from the Boston Tea Party in the first couple episodes to the winning of the war at the end of the series, like the entire series. Wow. All of Liberty's kids in, I guess, a day and a half or something like that. Like, I, I didn't catch all of it, but I watched bits and pieces when I was there. But yeah, Liberty. And my favorite episode, The Turtle. Dude, same. <laughs> I actually did an informative speech presentation in my community college class on The Turtle based on that episode of Liberty's Kids. That's, that's Wait, awesome. which episode is this? It's it's okay. It's the first ever recorded submarine in history. Yeah, they called it really? the turtle. Yeah, really? it was it was a it was a one man device, just a giant barrel with a propeller, basically, and it had a pipe uh, sticking out of the top of it for air and a little glass window so you could navigate. And the goal was to try and break up the British fleet by um, attaching dynamite to it from underneath. And that was the goal was the turtle was to try and get in there in like a covert ops mission, attach explosives to some of the flagships of the fleet that were having a blockade in Boston Harbor. Was it? Yeah, I think so. I think it was Boston Harbor. And the and and then once the explosives went off, it was supposed to, uh, you know, cause the fleet to disperse and then trade and commerce could resume. They didn't have a fleet that could be rerouted up there. So they just sent the turtle instead. Yep. Wow. I've never yeah. seen that episode. I've seen a bunch of episodes. I haven't seen that one. That sounds amazing. It, it was a pretty cool episode. That that episode sure. and uh, the one with James the Double Spy. Do you remember? I don't remember that one. There, there, there was a, there was a, uh, a black man who was uh, a slave, and he offered his services to the Marquis de Lafayette, and then he went and offered his services to Cornwallis, and both of them convince him to be a spy and so so he's serving the american cause and he started out as a spy for lafayette and then cornwallis recruited him to be a spy 
and he just had free reign to both camps because both generals thought he was a spy. Dang. Like he double was double agent. He yeah, he was he was basically he was basically a double agent. He was a certified badass is what he was. Yeah. And then uh he was I'm pretty sure he was granted his freedom at the end of the war and he changed his name to James Lafayette. Oh, wow. gotcha. Okay, we're getting off on like a history trip here. We could probably do like an entire episode dedicated to certain uh, shows. Like we could probably do one all about Sesame Street, one all about uh, uh, Zabumafu, one all about Arthur. Here's the funny thing. She put in these things at the end after her top ten. She goes, not Arthur and not Caillou. (laughs) Oh, trust me. My mom was super against Caillou as well. Oh, Caillou was a brat, man. He was a little bitch. Yep. <laughs> That's the perfect word yeah. to describe. Well, and here's the thing. My mom wasn't crazy about DW's attitude either. That's why she wasn't crazy about <laughs> Arthur. Because out of oh all the good gosh. kids that were in the show, people like Francine and Arthur, Buster, we ended up imitating the bad ones like Binky <laughs> and Muffy and DW. And my mom was like, where did this attitude come from? Yep. Ugh. Who knew PBS kids could be such a bad influence? Right? I'm telling you. Dang. Ah, Dang. Man, I think that's it uh. for the uh, Facebook submissions. Thank you to everyone that sent stuff in. We've got a little bit of ways to go, uh, starting with Instagram, and then we might take a quick breather after we get through those. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll start it off. I'll get Mr. Justin Gray at BootsFet. You should definitely follow him because he's a good dude. And uh, he says, number five, Bill Nye, the science guy. Number four, Reading Rainbow. Number three, Zabumafu. Number two, The Magic School Bus. And number one, Shining Time Station. Also, Thomas the Tank Engine because it's kind of the same show, but... It, like Thomas Tank Engine was within Shining Time Station. It's kind of a weird thing. Do you guys see yeah. what I'm doing to the show notes right now? I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you you are changing the spelling of Zabumafu back and forth, back and forth. Yes, because when I change it to an A, I get a red underline telling <laughs> telling me it's an error. When I change it to an O, it goes away. <laughs> what? Zabumafu. Spell check. No reco- spell check recognizes the proper spelling of Zabumafu. Oh my gosh. Which is Z-O-B-O-O. <laughs> it's a made-up word, people. It's a proper name, damn it. <laughs> wow. Um, up next is TardisGirl143. Her number five, Kratz Creatures. Her number four, Bill Nye, the Science Guy. Three, Wishbone. Two, Reading Rainbow. And number one, Mr. Rogers. Nice. Oh, man, it's, it's hard. Good picks. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to argue with that list. It's also hard to argue with this list. Our friend Eric Wall. <laughs> this is my favorite. What a what a troll! What a troll! But I also I also can't argue with this. Here here is his list. Why choose five when I can choose the most superior one, Zabumafu? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that that is that is epic that yep. that is just epic <laughs> i think he just won it 
had had to had to bring back the sound effects for just a little bit here. Um, but oh my gosh, we've gone through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. 22, 23, 24 lists already, and we still haven't even gotten to ours. And we still got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 more to go, but we're going to do that on the other side of the commercial break. We're going to pause really, really quick before we get into the Twitter universe, uh, just for a really quick uh, station identification and getting a quick drink of water and all that good stuff. But we'll be back in just a little bit here when the IPC Podcast continues our top five PBS programs. Don't go away. Timmy, lights out. Timmy. Reading Rainbow is made possible by Barnes & Noble and barnesandnoble.com for minds at play. Funding also provided by the National Science Foundation, which supports programs that enable children to succeed in science, mathematics, and technology. The Arthur Vining Davis Foundation. And the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And by contributions to your PBS station from viewers like you. Thank you. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. Friends to know and ways to grow, a reading rainbow. I can be anything. Take a look, it's in. We're back continuing our discussion of top five PBS programs here on the IPC podcast. We've gotten some adult ones like Nova Specials and Antiques Roadshow, but a lot of it has been stuff like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, not surprisingly. Uh, I'm Zach here with Ben and Jake as we just go into the Twitter universe now. We've got about eight submissions there. We're going to try and jump through them and then get into our discussion as well. Just so many awesome lists, guys. It, it's hard to, to look at all these yeah. and not want to talk about them because, you know, this is probably like the third or fourth time that Dragon Tales have been mentioned. It's mentioned in our friend Darian's list, and we really haven't even talked about it, like, at all. 
So, I mean, at number five, his list has uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. At number four, we got Zaboomafu. Dragon Tales checks in at number three. Cyber Chase at number two. And Arthur at number one. We've talked about some of those other ones, but Dragon Tales, that was kind of a trippy show. Not going to lie. It's not one that I'm super familiar with, though, for some reason. I wish, one of my favorites. I wish with all my heart to fly with dragons and, in a land apart. and be unashamed of my farts. <laughs> How do no. I? I must have watched that show and just have no memory of it. Because I remember you saying that. I remember that mantra. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I could have said it myself, but I don't remember the show. Yeah, that's one of the weird things is, like, the promos. It's like, don't go anywhere. Coming up at 4.30, it's Dragon Tales. That kind of thing. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Blast from the past. Thanks, Darian, for sending us a list. Um, he was, he, it, It's really kind of funny. Darian is a local listener, and it was quite by accident. Oh. I didn't find out until he started following us that he actually lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and is a big Texas Rangers fan. So... Like we've got baseball in common as well as PBS apparently, which is cool. Cool. Awesome. 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 Okay. Up next, we've got Mister. Um, and and I don't know if you mentioned it, but Darian is at D E R Y A N nineteen ninety seven on Twitter. Go follow him because he's good. And then up next, we've got our good buddy Everywhere Josh. He's everywhere, man. Uh, at F M G F M Ghost O nine. Um, definitely follow him because he's a good follow. And uh, he says uh, I, he, he, he marks number one on the top one. So I'm going to go to the bottom and start there. Uh, where in the world it, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the time is Carmen San Diego? That sounds interesting. Magic, the magic school bus, Zabumafu, Wishbone, and the rest. He says the, the rest are number two. Uh, and he, he says, and I'm going to quote him here. Bill, 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 Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> Man, he went, he went full Bill. Yeah. Man, it's it's just so interesting how far Bill has gone. I don't want to say how far he's come because I don't know if people even respect him all that much anymore for who he is today. Like, he's kind of become a self parody. You got to admit. <laughs> yeah, just about. He knows it. Just about, but he, he's making the most of it, and he's got, you know, a lot of publicity out there now. His name is still relevant even after all these years. That's pretty impressive. I yeah. am just still kind of disappointed that the show was titled Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego instead of When in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Oh, good point, man. That, good grief. That is a huge misstep. Like, Why did they do that? Like so how? she she a time traveler in that? I guess. I've never even heard of it until Josh posted this. I neither. See, they're doing Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego again, or it's maybe it's just Carmen Sandiego on Netflix, this new animated series. Yeah. They rebooted yeah. it. Um, I heard it's good. So that sounds, Where in Time, that sounds like, she get a time machine or something? I don't know. <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, moving along um. to our friend Kevin Davis at Valek Tours, V-A-L-E-K-T-O-R-S. Uh, at five, he goes, that was all, just four. Apparently, he's only got four. So uh, <laughs> he, he put number five, but then just goes, that's all, just four. <laughs> so at number four, Sesame Street. Uh, at number three, he says, watched a lot of This Old House with my dad. Number two, Reading Rainbow, LeVar Burton was awesome. And number one, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Absolutely loved Rockapella. 
that's pretty cool. That's nice. pretty cool. LeVar Burton nice. was awesome. LeVar Burton is awesome. Just putting that out there. Yeah. He, he never stopped being awesome. He never, yeah, he never quit being awesome. He's got a park named after him out in California. There is a LeVar Burton Memorial Park out in California. Man, you, you've reached peak awesome when you have a park named after That's you. That's very true. Absolutely. Okay, Jake, you want to take uh, Igor for us? Sure. Um, I guess he's going to go back to back Igor. Then. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, sure. That's that's fine. Just do it. Okay. <laughs> I can do two. Just uh, do it. Igor, save Swamp Thing uh, at the Ron Shan 341. Number five, Nature. Is that just a show called Nature? I didn't know that. Um, or is it Nature Cat? I don't know. Uh, four, Arthur. Three, Cosmos, A Personal Voyage. Two, Sesame Street. And one, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I'm noticing a lot of number ones and number twos being Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and Sesame Street. Good choices. That's, that's I guess, to be expected. Yeah. Yeah. Good, list. Good list. Good list, Igor. Yes, yes. And uh, as we mentioned, I think this next one uh, you're you're familiar with. Yeah, this is my brother Andy, Andy Damon, uh, at Avino Green. He's a pretty good guy, I guess. Um, number five, we got Zoom. Number uh, four, Zaboomafu. Number three, Mr. Rogers. Number two, Cyber Chase. And number one, Arthur. And he's got hashtag childhood nostalgia. Yeah, that's, that's been Man. the thing. I, there's been a lot of nostalgia, a lot of trips down memory lane thanks to this uh, to, the, I, to this night. Yeah, I, I got to say, I you know, I this is the guy I watched PBS with growing up. And I'm surprised he doesn't have certain shows on here that I might have on there. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's a it's, uh, good list, good list. You're uh, you're teasing us. You're teasing us yeah. there just a little bit. Well then, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going so we can get to our list then. Uh, Jeff Inglehart, J W Inglehart, uh, on Twitter wrote us and says, as a parent, this is the thing. Doesn't really watch it all that much himself, but as a parent, I would say the most effective have been Daniel Tiger, Sesame Street, Mister Rogers, Wild Kratts probably Clifford as a fifth, but definitely those four above. So it's funny when you're talking about effectiveness, I guess that's the type that actually makes the kids sit down and be quiet and watch the whole program. (laughs) You get, you get 25 minutes to go to the bathroom and maybe grab a a, a quick drink or something. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, and uh, okay. So up next we've got our good friend, Miss Katie Horn at Pohot Dameron. And uh, she really doesn't have a list, but she definitely has some PBS memories. And I quote her here. I say, OMG, I didn't actually watch very many of these, but I was really into Wishbone. I watched that show every single day. It even had the Wishbone books. Did you know that there was like a whole series of books about Wishbone solving mysteries? That was my jam. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Those, I did not know this. Those those reader books, yeah. Some of them were based on the TV episodes, like the adventures of the kids and like the stuff that they did in the episodes. And then some of them were completely separate and like they weren't even Wishbone episodes. They were just Wishbone books. I remember those. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Kind of like Doctor Who. There's Doctor Who episodes, and then there's books that aren't TV episodes. They're just separate adventures. Wow. Crazy. Well, not exactly a list, but still awesome input, as always, Katie. We need to get her back on this show sometime soon. We do. We do. Oh, we're down to our last one. It's the final countdown. Dun 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 dun. I digress. This is funny. Andy Lemire at Lemiracle doesn't even have a five for us. Number one, Mister Rogers. Number two, Sesame Street. Number three, Electric Company. And then in another line underneath, that's all I watched. <laughs> Fair in enough. all my childhood, in all the times that I ever watched PBS, I only saw those three TV shows. Never changed Dang. it up, never tried anything new. I just became old and set in my ways at age seven, man. After that, <laughs> you know, those, those dragon tails, they just don't compare to a Snuffleupagus, dude. They just don't. Doesn't doesn't hit <laughs> no. you the same way, man. Nope. <laughs> oh goodness. So being, that that's it. I'm being such we, a troll. Yeah, bam. man. We made it, but now we, we still it. got ours to talk about. <laughs> and that's I not gonna, that's, we do. That's not going to be easy with uh, with three hosts. This is this is 15 shows that we're going to be rotating through in the next 15 minutes. So let's get to it. <laughs> I would also like to say I like an idiot almost put in my list. In the show notes before <laughs> I was supposed to. I was corrected and I apologize. Do, does anybody have an honorable mention they want to lead with? Or are we just going straight into the five? Um, I wanted to put my honorable mention. I The only one I can think of really is Between the Lines. It didn't quite make my list, but it is definitely it's got a lot of good memories there. Yeah. And it was it was a really good time. Um, it was, it was kind of like comfort food to me for some reason. It was like... It wasn't really as exciting as something like Cyber Chase, but it wasn't super boring either. It was just kind of right in the middle for me. Yeah, but, I get that. Uh, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, mine's actually Shining Time Station because while I did like Shining Time Station, that wasn't where I consumed the most Thomas the Tank Engine stuff. I actually had, like, 12 or 15 VHS tapes of Thomas. And they were Damn. just consecutive. Same, same. They were just consecutive Thomas episodes, like one after another after another, just Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. And I didn't have to go visit Shining Time Station on those cassettes. I actually got bored with Shining Time Station because I wanted to see the Thomas adventures. And so while there is a lot of nostalgia <laughs> attached to Shining Time Station, I think those VHSs were where I consumed the most Thomas so Shining Time's actually going to get an honorable mention for me. I definitely missed out on Thomas when I was a kid. You did, man. You did. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. No judgment, though. Um, my my one honorable mention is Zabumafu. And it's one oh. that would have made my list and was on my list for a couple minutes until I started realizing all the other shows that I was leaving out and that actually beat this one out. So, yeah, that's mine. Okay, we are on to the fives then. Jake, what's your number five, dude? Uh, I, you know, I couldn't really decide between Zoom and Zaboomafoo, so I just put Zoom Boomafoo. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Where's my sound effects? Where's my sound effects? But... <laughs> Should have seen that coming. I, 
I couldn't decide between either of them. I they they weren't four through one for me, but they weren't honorable mentions for me. They kind of uh, were just both fun. They were educational. Um, they had sequences in them that you knew were coming. Like the opening sequence of Zoom was iconic, and Zabumafu had so many cool like like the food dispenser that was always different. And when the Crap Brothers would go open up the closet and everything would fall out on top of them, except for that one episode when nothing fell out, and they were like, "Wait, what just happened?" Um, I don't know. It was just it was really fun to to watch Zabumafu especially. And uh, it was fun to to watch the little claymation sequences that would be in there, and like Zabumafu would be in like a different world. Uh, I think it was what Planet Zabu or something like that. And you'd have a real lemur in some scenes, but then he was a puppet in some other scenes, and it was just a crazy time, but uh, always a good time. Yeah, I I remember. I think I've told the story before on the show how like I remember watching Zabumafu, and the whole story was like they'd call a lemur in. And, like, he wouldn't talk until he got a treat. And then when he talked, when you gave him a treat, he would turn into the puppet and start talking. As a kid, I remember totally buying into that. It made, like, so much sense. Like, of course he's not going to talk until he gets a treat. Like, this makes perfect sense. This is perfect narrative. Like, this just works. (laughs) Yeah. Totally the, the, the the whole production value was just lost on me. My yeah. my mind was blown that they actually recorded a lemur burping until I realized that they just slowed down one of his chews really slowly. <laughs> he's he's just he's just, oh he's just chewing, and then they like hit pause in the middle of of a chew, and then they like added a burping noise, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, are you serious?" <laughs> wow. Um, I I should also say that with Zoom, they taught me Zoom taught me. The interesting language, ubby dubby, and there you go. I can't remember the exact rules of it, but I know that anything you put in front of me, I can read in ubby dubby. So like, and I still have, I still have one of the ubby dubby like raps stuck in my head. Like it's bad. <laughs> Dragon Tales is drabag gibbon tebales. <laughs> I think you have to put in the additive before or after every vowel. Vowel, right. So Liberty's kids is liber Libertibbies Kibids. Libertibbies Kibids. Sounds oh like my. you're just trying to say it underwater, like I mean <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, Zach, you go next. What is your number five? Yeah, number five for me is going to be um the magic school bus. Uh, I I honestly still don't recall watching a whole lot of Magic School Bus on PBS, but everybody's lists have just kind of confirmed for me that it was on PBS at some point, so I guess that's how it got started. I remember (laughs) watching a lot of VHS of it as well. And I remember for a long time I related to Arnold because my last name is Arnold. And so I was just like, yeah, okay, maybe I'm the one who should have stayed home today. Oh, duh, I'm a homeschool kid. So, yeah, I did stay home today. Like, it was just just a lot about Arnold that I related to. And then about a year or two ago, I realized that I make a lot of similar jokes and puns to one blue-hooded Carlos. And so I'm like, yeah, you realize you've grown up when you have turned into Carlos from... Magic School Bus. Nice. Also, my theory 
is since the bus is bigger on the inside, it always transforms into something ginormous. And it's literally got a lizard slash chameleon that is part of the ensemble that is the bus. I think the magic school bus is a TARDIS and Miss Frizzle is a Time Lord. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. not a theory. It's a fact. That's, Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a theory that has turned into fact by this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Freaking Absolutely. love that show, man. It taught me so much about science, baking, measurements, mechanics, um, the idea of friction put to the use of baseball. Like, just so many wacky, zany adventures that were so fun. <laughs> That's pretty. Okay, so ready for nine number five? Yes. All right, so we were just talking about it just a few minutes ago. One of my favorites, really one I honestly forgot about until we started doing these lists. I'm like, oh, my God, I, that has to be on my list. And it would have been a higher in step. There were some others that beat it out. Again, just this is the way it goes for me. Uh, Liberty's Kids is yeah. huge. I mean, I think it, it, it's, it spoke to me because I I was, and still am pretty much, a, a good history buff. You know, I love history, and I love just the whole premise of, like, interweaving, like, having some original characters, but like, oh, here's Ben Franklin, and, you know, he's a main character, and he's doing all this kind of stuff, and really tied it in. Like, you know, I think for a good portion of the show, he's off in you know, Europe, um, doing the whole Treaty of Versailles thing, I think. Um, yeah. And it gives you a good, like, history lesson while also giving you some good, like, wholesome content. Um, just a really, just like, all around just a great show and, you know, also, like, giving you, like, really these big historical events, really exciting stuff. Yep. It's very true. That was, that was a really great show. I almost forgot about it. Until my mom posted about it, I'd almost forgotten Liberty's Kitsch, which I felt kind of ashamed for as soon as I saw her list. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think her list might have jogged my memory, too, because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, number four? On to, on to number, number four, four Jacob. Jake. All right, my number four is Liberty's Kids. Well. <laughs> uh, I already talked about how how my favorite episode Zach's favorite episode too is uh the turtle and it was just really fun well I've always loved submarines and that was just a cool like little little uh window into the history of the submarine and I think it might have been what started my fascination with submarines to begin with but the whole premise of the show is that it takes place back around the the revolutionary times um you had Henri, you had uh, I think James, I think, James and, and Sarah, uh, Sarah, Sarah. And I always want to call her. You Elizabeth. can't forget Moses. And Moses, yep, and Ben Franklin, and all these really cool, colorful characters who who make this world feel alive. And um, I remember one of my, the first times I ever went on the internet was so that I could print out a coloring page of liberty's kids from the pbs website that was like something oh, you could do on the website great. yeah i asked my dad if i could go online on the pbs website and he said sure and uh printed out some some coloring pages and it's yeah it's a great historical show for kids i think it it mixes it makes learning about history fun you know and it really puts you in that time period and uh um, yeah, it's it's just a really fun show. Yeah, like as an adult, like, you know, I love documentaries and stuff like that, and you can really get into it. But like kids, you know, that's not 
documentaries are boring. Like yeah. here, you're getting <laughs> you're getting an actual like narrative, like fun cartoon characters, but they're true to life, and it's and it's cartoony to a degree, but also very realistic and like very true to the time it's in, and giving you like you know the Boston Tea Party, all this kind of stuff, like really Dude. important events that are really true to life. Also, fun fact: Matthew Hardy just blew my mind. He says that. Ben Franklin was voiced by Walter Cronkite. Oh, they got a ton. I had no idea. They got a ton of celebs. He just went and oh found. Oh my goodness! He went and found all of the celeb voices. Paul Revere was voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Thomas what? Jefferson was voiced by Ben Stiller. Billy Crystal was the voice of John Adams. No. Annette no. Bening was the voice of Abigail Adams. Dustin Hoffman was Benedict Arnold. Schwarzenegger what? was Baron von Steuben. Liam Neeson was John Paul Jones. <laughs> Deborah Sampson was played by Whoopi Goldberg. Don Francisco oh. was Bernardo de Galvez. And there were a lot of other people that lended their voices to, you know, a, a lot of other big events. But, yeah, they had some Never mind. Huge... Liberty's Kids is number one. <laughs> they had um, some I think huge we need to take another break because I need to put my jaw up off the floor. <laughs> huge name celebs. And I was actually going to drop the Liam Neeson as John Paul Jones because that – that episode where Sarah is in the middle of the fight between John Paul Jones and the British, you know, that's when she realizes that she's an American and you hear Liam Neeson in his heavy Scottish accent. He goes, I have not yet begun to fight. Like, it's just, it gives me wow. chills. And it was so gruesome oh, because man. there were cannons exploding and there was a lot of fear going on. Like, it wasn't just a kid's show. It had some action sequences in it, too, that were pretty intense. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really hold back on really showing the you know some really st- strong action beats. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. They had one episode <sighs> that was called Captain Molly, and uh, it was it was about this this post that had families in it, and one of the one of the lieutenants, his wife named Molly, learned how to use the eight and ten pound cannons that were at the fort, and actually helped use them during a defense of the fort against British and Hessian troops. And they lost that fight. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure she got injured in that battle. So, I mean, there's like some pretty important moments in there and just about anything with Thomas Paine in it was always delightfully entertaining. Oh yeah. I don't remember who, I don't remember who voiced Thomas Paine, but like that character was just always, Always a delight to see on the screen. He was he was eloquent, but he was passionate, and I loved that about him. So yep. great. Okay. So, so great. Uh, All right, Zach, I think you're up next, aren't up you? To, up to my number four. Yes, sir. My number four is Cyber Chase. My mom's very yes. correct. My mom is very correct in this thought that Cyber Chase taught me a lot. Because as we were talking, I, I remembered I actually learned about decimal mm-hmm. points from Cyber Chase. I learned yeah, I learned what yeah. they meant and how they worked as they were trying to figure out how to uh, use decimal points to fix the railroad track so they could get Mother's Day flowers for all the mothers of cyberspace. <laughs> like, I, rem- I remember that episode so vividly. But the other thing that I remember is that this show had a lot of depth to it. There was actually a storyline to it. It wasn't just, oh, the hacker's a bad guy. Oh, the hacker got beat. It was like there were times when the hacker actually won. He He would beat the kids... Or he would like be very, very close to the on the verge of beating the kids. And then I think there was actually a two-parter where he did take over cyberspace at one point. 
And yeah, and yeah. so yeah. he actually won. The bad guy actually won at one point in this show. And that was just one of the many things that made it so fantastic. It was educational, great characters, great storyline, uh, really good animation. Like, just everything about it was very enjoyable for, for my point in time at my age. Just, it hit all the right notes. Yep. Yeah, it felt very, it felt very almost like a serial, like a true serial. Like yeah. thing like, you know, they would go along and... Stuff would happen, and they would get this close to getting the encrypted chip, and then they would lose it, and then they had to go all start all over again. Yep. And you know, it, it would still like you still like, oh, they're gonna get it this time. They're, they're gonna defeat him. Nah, they didn't get it this time. But yeah, it was still fun. <laughs> oh man, so much nostalgia and so little time. On to your number four, oh, Ben. Man, my number four is Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, nice, and nice. I. I feel terrible, honestly, putting him at number four. I feel like he should be at number one. But and and I'm saying this to someone who is a massive fan. I, think, I feel like everyone, based on everyone's list tonight, there's a lot of love for Mr. Rogers. And, you know, rightfully so. And obviously one of the most popular, if not the most popular PBS show on this roster. But um, there are some others that had a bit more of an impact on me. But still, Mr. Rogers is just that one that just sticks out in your mind as just an amazing individual and apparently from what i've heard um i've heard i think it was uh anthony bresnigan who used to work for uh, ew he put out and if you like you can actually google this or look it up on twitter he put out a thread where he talked about meeting mr rogers himself and it was like because you're like afraid that he's coming oh he was a jerk to me or whatever like it was nothing at all like mr rogers like sat down and had like a conversation with him and was like the sweetest as you yeah. could possibly be. Um, so Mr. Rogers, basically, I think we were talking about earlier, was basically playing himself. Like, he was that, just the, the kindest, just most loving person probably that ever lived, honestly. <laughs> and he's just so good. And I was watching some clips earlier, and man, I miss him, man. He's so good. All right. Uh, number three, Dragon Tales. Dragon Tales. Uh, I this was one of my main shows man I just I loved the concept of like just being a kid and opening up a drawer like they, these kids moved into this house they opened up a drawer and they just found this random dragon scale inside of a box that had weird carvings all over it and that just seemed cool to me and then they just you know held it and kind of in a like Dorothy Wizard of Oz clicking your heels together they just chanted this weird chant and were taken to a different land, Dragonland. And they met all sorts of people there. Uh, I mean, by people, I mean dragons, of course. Um, Zack and Wheezy, the two-headed dragon. There was Org. There was Cassie. There was... Um, so, I, I don't know. It was just... It was super fun, you know? And... Um, it was just kind of like a fairy tale type of type of show. There was Norm the Number Gnome. My dad got a kick out of Norm the Number Gnome because Norm was the name of his boss at work. So when he heard Norm the Number Gnome, he just busted out laughing because because <laughs> that was that was his boss's name. But um, yeah, and I don't really hear a lot of people talking about this show. But my brother and I really really dug it love it yeah it didn't get it it didn't get as much love tonight as some other shows did but it was definitely a part of a lot of people's childhoods it was not a part of mine because dragons were mythical creatures and we were not allowed to have mythology in our house 
Oh. Yeah, yeah that, I hear you. I hear you. We, we, we can have we can have space Potters wizards either. with glowy sticks whacking each other, but we couldn't have <laughs> cartoon dragons. Right. Was 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 Harry Potter banned in your house too? It was actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much the same thing for me. <laughs> so I guess we can gather PBS kids were sheltered kids. <laughs> yeah. But we got some pretty good content out of it, out of our, our sheltered lives. We, we Why do we some... fit the homeschool stereotype so much? I don't know. <laughs> we just were... comes along with being homeschooled. Shoot, all three of us were homeschooled, weren't we? Yep. This just, this Chris, just needs... too. <laughs> Chris, too. This just needs to be the homeschool <laughs> podcast. We need to do that, seriously, because we could tell some stories. Man. Oh, dude. My, wi- my wife was, too. Oh, we just need to do a homeschool roundtable <laughs> yeah, <laughs> homeschool homeschoolers anonymous. <laughs> to talk about hi, all of our, our hi, traumatic my, life. My, my name is Ben. I was homeschooled for twelve years. Hi Ben. Hi Ben. <laughs> I'm a recovering homeschooler. <laughs> nah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Honestly, Homeschool is okay. All right. Honestly, though, I feel like this is my rebellion stage because I'm buying and watching all the movies I wasn't allowed to watch as a kid. Same. Like I've got all of the Harry Potter <laughs> franchise much. on Blu-ray now. I've got all of the Alien franchise on DVD now. I watched and own every season of Game of Thrones. Like I'm doing all of the things that I wouldn't get to do as a teenager. <laughs> Pretty much. That's it. Yep. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. C'est la vie. Good stuff. Good C'est stuff. la vie. All right. On to my number three. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, my number three is some other people's numbers five and four. It's Liberty's Kids. There's there's not a whole lot more to say about this show other than I loved just about everything about it. I love the fight sequences. I love the discussion of politics. I don't really care for politics that much, but the politics of that time were fascinating. The, The strategy of that time was fascinating. Open warfare versus guerrilla warfare. You know, things like covert ops like the turtle versus just meeting in open combat you know there were a lot of really really interesting things that helped shape our country and they all happened during the revolution and they all became super accessible thanks to liberty's kids it was through liberty's kids that i learned the first american victory wasn't even by the american militia or the american army it was just a group of ragtag guys in the vermont new hampshire area who decided to march down to new york and take fort ticonderoga from the british the green, yeah. the green Mountain Boys. And yep. to this day, I cannot pass by an Ethan Allen outlet store and not think of that episode of Liberty's Kids. Yeah. It has, it has it. shaped not just my childhood, but my life. So, yeah, number three, Liberty's Kids. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel the same way. feel the same way. All right, so my is – it, is, it, is it my number three now? It is. Yep. It is my number three. See, I can't count. You have to bear with me. <laughs> Um, my number three is one we've talked about now a couple times, and it was hard. Another one I wanted at number one, but it got beat out. Cyber Chase. Yeah, boy. Now, and I think I've kind of, in retrospect in the past few years, I've realized that the reason I love this show so much has to be because I also love Star Wars. I, yeah. I yeah. Just my, my, yeah. General, my general love of sci-fi fantasy whatever um had to be and maybe perhaps cyber chase actually influenced me because i mean think about it you know you're watching this stuff at a young age it really hooked me i love cyber chase one of my favorite pbs shows of all time 
and you know it was this romping space adventure with these kids that jumped into a computer and you know helped save the universe every episode like it was just this crazy thing and it was just cartoony but also like you know and yeah try, having the learning stuff too um, was right. I didn't, you know, I'm just not a big fan of learning, so I didn't get a whole lot about that. But whatever. <laughs> not a big fan of learning. Uh, obviously, it didn't. It didn't come along because now I can't count. But um, anyway, Cyber Chase is my number three because it's just, it, it really, it it had a huge impact on me. Do you yeah. guys remember the after Cyber Chase adventures that they had in real life? In New York? Yes, the one with the sandwich where the guy goes in and creates a whole new menu yeah, for so them that and was, does different yes. things. <laughs> that, was, that was like a serial thing. They had that character, Harry, and then they had this other character named Bianca. And they would like alternate about what you know how to apply that lesson we just learned in Cyber Chase and put it to real life. And that sandwich was one of them. There was a time they were learning about... Um, you know, accuracy or something like that, estimating and things like that, or how to make a complete circle. And, um, you know, it, it, each, each one was just a different lesson in a kind of a different and zany way, but each one like taught, taught a really, really, uh, popular lesson. It was, yeah. it was cool. I actually follow Bianca on Twitter now. Believe it or not, <laughs> really? I, wow! I, awesome. I went, I went and found her. She doesn't post about Cyber Chase anymore, but I know it's her. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you came from. <laughs> That's awesome. All, All right, right, we're into Jake. the top twos now, gents. This is this is crush top time. Twos. It's go right. time. My number two is Arthur. Yes. Oh, I l- love Arthur. Um, man, this show had everything. It not only were all the characters animals, but it had an awesome theme song that I can recite every word of. I'm not going to do it on the podcast, but I can. Um, there was a freaking crossover where Mr. Rogers came on the show. I he was an animal. That. I am not <laughs> kidding you. Mr. Rogers came on the show. And it was amazing. I think he was an aardvark, too. Um, and the weirdest thing... Ha- I mean, I could go into a lot of stuff about the show, but the coolest thing that happened recently... I listened to a podcast religiously called We Hate Movies. And it's four guys uh, from New York City. And they basically just talk talk about terrible movies. And they make jokes about it. And it's, it's really fun. If you like movies... If you're a movie buff, even if you're not, like I listen to these episodes even when they're talking about things I've never seen because they're just so hilarious to listen to. You mean like but, zombies? Like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like like terrible they, horror B movies, like zombies. They they do a whole range of bad movies. They they do stuff like that, but they also do like movies that were just maybe not as well critically received. You know, I don't know. They do a whole range of of movies, and sometimes they do movies they like too and break the rules a little bit for a we love movies episode, but. Yes, they're they're called We Hate Movies. And one of them, because I follow them all on Twitter, posted a picture, and it was a screenshot of an episode of Arthur that came out pretty recently. And oh. there was a kid in, in uh, his bedroom or whatever, and on the wall is a poster that says, We Despise Films. And so he does a little research and contacts the animator of that episode 
and the artist and confirmed that they put that in as an Easter egg for We Hate Movies, the podcast. So in a weird way, something that I really listened to a lot in my adulthood made a cameo on something that I watched a lot in my childhood. And it was crazy. It was nuts. But I thought that was cool. It was a real like uh, like a paradox in my mind. That is amazing. Oh, I see it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So that was cool. But yeah, Arthur's my number two. I I always loved Arthur when it came on. Arthur was one of those shows that like just always made me feel better when I watched it. I think I think two of two of my favorite elements of Arthur was always um Bionic Bunny and the Dark Bunny. Yes. <laughs> Bionic Bunny for sure. Those those came out around the times that, you know, the Superman and then the Dark Knight were like real popular. Yeah. yeah. And they they put their own spin on it and that was always so funny. And then that one time Mr. Ratburn came to visit and they all watched spooky poo with each other spooky poo yep (laughs) (laughs) oh man instead of a a dog that solves crimes it was what a kangaroo or something yep spooky poo the kangaroo (laughs) oh my gosh oh Oh, such a throwback yeah buster buster uh he he was he was one of my favorite characters him and arthur made a good friend friend duo they did they did i completely neglected them when we were talking about our top five duos last year (laughs) yep that's unfortunately so good what's next (laughs) my number two i guess i was waiting on your number two and then i realized oh shoot it's my turn um yeah i i forgot i did too that's what happens when it gets to be this late we're gonna have to wrap pretty soon um my number two is only at number two because i i i can't put it any higher i physically cannot put it any higher but i love this show so much i cannot emphasize how much i love this show it helped reinforce uh my love of animals and science and nature and conservation and uh just all the things that make this world so great uh it it gave me a sense of adventure it gave me a sense of you know respect for for all of nature except for cockroaches because i'm never going to respect those little things but (laughs) You know, it it just it really just reinforced all the positive values of nature and did it in such a convincing way that I grew to love animals rather than be afraid of them. I think the only animals I'm really afraid of are like venomous snakes and cockroaches because I just got I got really bad experience. I got bad trauma as a kid with roaches, but just about every other animal I love. And that is thanks largely in part to Zabumafu. They yep, they gave yep, me mm-hmm. a very healthy understanding of some of nature's biggest and best and even some of their weirdest animals on the planet. And it just all formed together so, so well. Um, but it was it was a great show, and I've got a lot of nostalgia attached to it. We've talked about it at length several times over, so I, I'm not going to I'm not going to rehash old material, but that would be my number two. No, that's great. I, I love, I, I hate to leave it off my list, but, uh, because I love the movie. I really have really fun memories of watching that show. And it, and it is one of those shows where it, 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 all these shows mean something to you and they taught you something important and interesting and really important life lessons about, you know, taking care of animals and learning about history and, uh, 
learning about space, I guess. <laughs> it was Cyber Chase. But uh, I think it's my time for my number two, right? Yes, it's time for yep. you yep. to make number two. Okay, okay. All right, so <laughs> so so we're gonna run through this because I think I think we're about to die. I think we're all just gonna pass out in a few minutes. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I really don't. I'm not staying um, up late tonight. I'm going straight to bed after this, folks. Not I'm sorry lie. to tell you, it's already late. All right, it's I, eleven o'clock on I, my. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, <laughs> number two, Shining Time Station for me. There we Thomas go. Thomas the Tank Engine was my first fandom. Before Star Wars, even before Ooh. Toy Story and Disney, Thomas the Tank Engine was my jam. All right. That was it. And my Tom, my trains are still somewhere. I think they're in the attic, I think. Okay, but do I you have the magnetic there. ones or do you have the die-cast ones? I have the magnetic ones. I have the wooden magnetic ones. The okay. old school. I've got the metallic die-cast ones with the plastic coupling hooks in front of them. The ones that are like scale model size. Oh, okay. Those those okay. came out before they did the magnetics with the wooden tracks that you could run them around on. The ones that you see like in Ant-Man or whatever. Yeah. Before, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. those came out, they had like scale model with plastic wheels and uh, painted uh, faces and painted coal for their coal trucks. Like really really well done and they're probably collector's items now i have no recollection of where they are they're probably in my parents attic but i've got two fishing tackle boxes full of those die cast thomas the trains somewhere well yeah i i know i have some somewhere i even have a table and all that kind of stuff it's just crazy and but that show, I mean, I still, I still love trains. I still freaking love trains, and it's because of Thomas. <laughs> and you know, it's it's just that show, man. And just it it blows my mind that you had like Ringo Starr and George Carlin were the narrators. They were hosting that show. I and never knew that. I only knew those people from that. And looking back at them, I'm like. George Carlin hosted Thomas the Tank Engine? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is insane. And then, you know, it just, like, wh how did they, what was the casting department thinking? Like, what, wh how did that even happen? It's just insane. And, but, you know, as a kid, he's like, he never knows. It's like, oh, yeah, George Carlin is the Thomas guy. Like, that, that's him. And no, he's not the very foul-mouthed comedian. Um, oh, God. <laughs> They were like, okay, we need a foul mouth comedian and one of the Beatles. It's like he didn't drop an F-bomb. He had to drop a few, a few well, F-bombs while, then... while doing the narration. Thomas the effing train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I learned how to read thanks to Thomas the train. <laughs> Same, probably. For like, me too. There, was, there was that complete collection of Thomas stories, and my mom would read those to me but only if I read, like, Dick and Jane first. So oh. I I had to, like, see Dick run. Run, Dick, run. And if I did that, then uh, then my mom would read a Thomas story to me. So I think... <laughs> now, no, I, all that just did was remind me of In Be Between the Lions and Chicken, Chicken Jane. Jane. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. I remember Chicken Jane. Oh my gosh, so much nostalgia. 
So, so much nostalgia going on tonight. All right, number ones, number ones. It is time yes, for the number yes, ones. Yes. Starting with one Mr. Jake Damon. <laughs> Cyber Chase is my number one. All right. Woo. Can't go wrong with Cyber Chase. This was one of the first cartoons that I watched just in general. It was everything... I mean, you had Gilbert Gottfried playing yes. a bird, you I know, know right? in case you didn't get enough of him as, <laughs> as uh, Iago in Aladdin, you could have him in here as another bird. He got typecast as birds a lot. Just, I mean, his he, voice is just perfect for a bird. Affleck. He nailed it though. Yeah. 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 He's the Affleck, uh, uh, goose duck, whatever, Duh. um, <laughs> whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not a bird expert. Um, but Man, you had uh, you had Matt, uh, Inez, and uh, Jackie, and and their adventures in cyberspace. They were the Cyber Squad, man, and going against Hacker and Buzz and Delete, his two robot goons. And then on the good side, you had Motherboard, and there were so many cool little worlds they'd go to, and 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 lands, and and I don't know, Cyber just sites. I love. Cyber sites. I, I loved the way they drew cyberspace and just the the cool um, designs for all the characters and stuff. It, it I think it really influenced my you know my style and when I draw cartoons and stuff, I draw inspiration from a lot of these things. And uh, Cyber Chase was was number one for me. That was the one I always look forward to every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, totally. totally. So many memories. So so many memories. Oh, also, I just learned on uh, the Wikipedia, it's still going. They only missed a couple of years, I think. Uh, like 2016, they didn't do it, and there was one other year. But uh, ever since 2002, they have put out a season pretty consistently. The only thing is, season one, 26 episodes. Season two, 14. Season three, 12. Season four through six was 10 episodes each. Season seven was seven episodes eight five episodes nine five episodes ten five episodes eleven ten episodes and season 12 12 episodes i don't know why they're going all the way like going back and forth with these numbers but uh yeah the the most current season began april 19th 2019 so christopher lloyd is still voicing the hacker after all these years i don't know that but uh I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if it's only five episodes, you're basically going into the into the sound booth for like one day tops. Yeah, I'm gonna IMDb it right now. But one or two days tops, and yeah. that's that's about all you would get from and, it. And, and, and speaking speaking of long running shows, we've been talking about uh, Arthur. Arthur's on like season twenty two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going I'm forever. I'm su- I'm surprised <laughs> that those kids haven't had more existential crises after being in the third grade for two decades. Right. Yeah. That hmm. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. Apparently, according to to uh, uh, the Wikipedia thing, uh, he's still voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Wow. That's because crazy. certain because certain characters they say that like Buzz and Delete are voiced by different characters or not like Buzz is voiced by someone different 2006 to the present um, whereas okay. everyone else seems to be the same actor actors nice that's crazy that is crazy also before we get off of cyber chase do either of you recall the characters Yuki and Rika 
No. Sounds familiar. There's there's a couple of episodes. I think one where they're ringing in the new year together, and then there's another one where they're learning about two D versus three D, and like putting things together that are two D, and then like standing them upright to form three dimensional objects. There there are a couple of very deformed looking troll type creatures, and okay. and uh, I'm I'm looking them up right now. See if I can get you guys a link, because. I can actually do. I can actually do the voice of those characters. You probably recognize them if I saw them. Yuki and Rika. I'm not seeing them. Oh wow! I almost forgot about the Wicked Witch, Hacker's love interest. Oh yeah. What? The, the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh my gosh! How oh did I? Oh my for- gosh! How did I forget her? Yuki and Rika. I see the title card, Cyber Chase or U- uh, Eureka. The episode Eureka is where it comes from. There it is. Holy moly. Oh, mother of God, those things look ugly. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What is this? Is this a YouTube screen grab? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay, I'm going to send you guys this picture later, but that's just... Ugh. Wow. (laughs) Who's next on this? It's me. I'm the holdup here. It's just, I, that, that is the one television character, and it's so vague and so obscure that nobody knows who they are. So I'm really disappointed because I can do the voice of the dude, the blue dude on the right in this image, but nobody knows who the hell he is, so it doesn't matter that I can do his voice because nobody recognizes it. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> but I digress. We are on to my number one now. So I'm going to give myself a drum roll. My number one is actually one that is from the Texas area. They actually recorded the uh, the human interactions. Most of them were recorded right here in the Dallas area. And it is something that I have just carried with me for so incredibly long and can still have conversations uh, in reference to this show to this day, and that would be Wishbone. Yes. What's yep. the story, Wishbone? What's this you're dreaming up? Because there are certain books, like The Count of Monte Cristo and uh, Treasure Island and, uh, shoot, what's another one? Moby Dick, uh, Sherlock Holmes. You know, there, there's so many fantastic pieces of literature the prince and the pauper you know there's a lot of really really great literary classics out there that i just haven't taken the time to read yet but i've seen the wishbone episode of it and i can have conversations with people about those books based on the information that i recall from when i watched the wishbone episode of it that's (laughs) that's how in-depth they were and how accessible those stories were Even as a kid, I understood what it was they were trying to tell. I retained that knowledge and information, and I was able to put it to good conversational use. Adults were impressed with my knowledge of A Tale of Two Cities after watching a half-hour TV show about it. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. And like I said, I think it was recorded in Irving, Texas or something like that, which is kind of like a suburb of North Dallas. 
So I'm pretty sure a lot of the, the human interactions, the stuff that happened, was pretty local. And so I've got a lot of, you know, local hometown hero pride to that show. I love dogs, and I love dogs going on adventures. I loved having the dog dress up like Robin Hood or whatever, like Sherlock Holmes, and have them go on these adventures where the humans are interacting with this dog as if he were a fellow human. And they go on all kinds of crazy adventures. Everything from biblical stories like David and Goliath to Greek mythology to, you know, like I said, Robin Hood, the Count of Monte Cristo. So many great stories all in one series. So great. So great. I love that show. It would have it, – it, it didn't make my list, spoiler alert. Oh. But uh, – it uh, it it definitely if it had it done a top ten, it definitely would have made it in. Oh man, okay, it's it's the moment of truth, my friend. We're we're running super late, <laughs> but it's it's finally time. <laughs> I'll, I'll I will make this quick, Here. but I will make it meaningful. Here we and I will go. say my number one is Zoom. Oh, Zoom was. Right. My and seriously, this beat out like Thomas the Tank Engine and Cyber Chase, which I I consider both to be huge impacts on me. But Zoom was just a whole other level for me when I was a kid, and I just remember like taking the experiments they would do and the stuff they would t- show you how to make and like the weird things they would show you how to do, like like the gymnastic stuff. I like remember just taking that and like trying to apply it to you know, my real life, trying to do it in real life, and then I would, I remember specifically recording, like, episodes on VHS, on VHS, guys, oh. on VHS tapes. I would record them and play them back, and it was the best. This show just, I just love this show, and it was, it's just this fun, you know, variety show, I guess, for lack of a better term, in regards to just showing you all these different kinds of stuff. It was really was a mixed bag of like all these different things. Like they would show you different projects. They would do things. They would do skits. They would do like these really funny like um you know what was it? There was there was one where it was about I can't even remember it was uh, you need a hand or something and they took they took the uh I can't even remember it. I can see it. I can hear it. And I think I can't like <laughs> process it into words to tell you what it is without making it sound absolutely ridiculous. But they would just take like words and like turn it into a story. And like, if you've seen Zoom, you know. If you haven't seen Zoom, go to YouTube because I've been looking at these all night, and they're all up there. Like Shining Time Station, Cyber Chase, like full episodes are up there. You can watch them. Yep. Oh, I'm definitely taking a trip down memory lane when I've got the time for it. But dude, do you remember? Do you remember the names of some of the Zoom kids? Oh, Buzz, um, Pablo, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Yes, Kenny, my man. Kenny was my dude. I was <laughs> jealous of Kenny growing up. I was like, dude, you get to hang out on a TV show and wear floral shirts. Like, <laughs> you're living the yeah. life, dude. I loved how they they all like dress differently. Oh Zoe, I remember Zoe. I'm just I'm looking at the the screen grabs on on uh, on uh, YouTube, but like they would do different things. They all like wore like specific outfits, and they would wore the same outfit like every time. But then they all wore the same shoes <laughs> for some reason. 
Come on and zoom a zoom a zoom a zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. You're you're breaking my head now. Dang, man. Do you guys remember Zoom Doos? Possibly? They were like science projects that were submitted to the Zoom kids by viewers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can you do X with Y? And they're like, I don't know. Let's try. And they would just try all kinds of different things. Like, I think one of the Zoom dudes was to figure out what the most efficient means of cleaning a penny was. And they found out it was ketchup or something like that. It was like Mythbusters, but... But with but for, but for kids basically yeah yeah that's yeah. What, that what was so great about the show is they would literally do anything like they would just they would take stuff in I remember like this was before like personal computers so they would tell you like sign to like write in or email in but they would tell you oh well visit your local use library. your computer or go visit your local library I remember and that they had the jingle oh two one three four I think it was the the I think for Chicago I think is where they were based. Like it's crazy. <sighs> Jeez, so many memories, guys. So many. It's blowing my mind. Blowing you, my mind. Now I gotta go sleep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the the ads that came before and after the programs. Juicy juice. One hundred percent juice for one hundred percent kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. Oh, so many trips down memory lane, but I think we need to go down one more trip before we call it a night. Um, this is this is going to be our quote of the night tonight, and it's very fitting, very touching. Unfortunately, and I, I really do feel very bad about this, Mr. Rogers didn't even make it into my honorable mentions, let alone my top five. But the <sighs> reason for that, the reason is because most of the time, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood was on very early in the morning and in my region, like 6.30 a.m., and I just did not get up that early. I was homeschooled. I didn't get up till 8. So unless it was afternoon programming, I really didn't catch it that much. And so it really took a long time before I ended up seeing reruns of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood on other stations or on the internet or whatever. And by then, I was kind of older than I needed to be to be able to appreciate his programming. I appreciate what he did, and I, and I, and I love the influence that he's had on so many generations. But it didn't just his his programming didn't have as big an influence on me growing up, but I know a lot of people who did, mm-hmm. and so it's only fitting that we started the evening talking about the the new trailer for the the Mister Rogers what is it called a biopic basically pretty much it's yeah. it's basically a biopic called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and it just it seems fitting that our quote of the night tonight should be. From Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, so yeah, and and I should pre preface this by saying that this is not you're what you're gonna hear is a clip from YouTube, and it's a kind of a compilation. It's not like a full like this isn't something this isn't some, some big monologue, but it's all from the same theme, and I think it pretty much represents like you know the the overall like just the message that Mr. Rogers. Um, brought brought and what he said and what he told his viewers pretty much every episode. Um, but it's you know it's a it's actually a YouTube video from Anna Hayes. She compiled this. Um, it says Mr. Rogers, a conversation about self esteem, feelings, and love. And uh, yeah, so it's a great little listen. So go ahead and take a listen for tonight's quote of the night. 
favor? I like you exactly as you are. You're the only person who is exactly like you. So in a way, you've already won in this world because you're the only one who can be you. The things you do are always a little bit different from anybody else. And that's the way it's supposed to be. When people let you know that they're glad you're the way you are, doesn't that give you a beautiful feeling inside yourself? I hope you're able to grow to respect whoever you are inside. There isn't a whole lot we can do about our outside kind of growing. Some of us grow tall and some of us grow short. Some of us have one color skin and some of us have another. That's all outside stuff. And thinking about neighbors and friends are all ways of growing, growing inside. And part of the fun of that kind of growing is that it can go on all our lives. And our insides have a different way of growing. Our thoughts and our feelings grow. And there's a lot we can do about them. We can try to understand them and love them and help them to grow well and turn out to be glad we're the way we are and glad our friends are the way they are. You know, everyone has lots of ways of feeling. And all those ways of feeling are fine. It's what we do with our feelings that matter in this life. I trust that you're growing in ways that will help you with whatever feelings you may have when you're a child and when you're a grown-up. Did you ever have anybody hurt your feelings? Did anyone ever say something to you that made you feel really small and not very lovable? That feels awful, doesn't it? But isn't it nice when somebody helps you feel good about who you are? I mean, if you look for it, you'll probably find something fine inside of everybody. Every one of us wants to know that we're a lovable person. We've just got that inside of us. And when we can know it for sure, it's such a good feeling. As you grow, I trust that you are finding many more ways to show and tell people that you love them. Those are the most important things that you'll ever learn to do. Because loving people and animals and the world we all live in is the most important part of being alive. You always make each day such a special day. You know how? by just your being you. Only one person in this whole world like you. That's you yourself. I'll be back next time. Bye-bye. I think that just epitomizes who Fred Rogers was right there, guys. Uh, legitimately brought me to tears when I first heard it. Like, it, it's so beautiful and so moving and just, you know, it is, it is Mr. Rogers. It is just the loving, the kind, the, just this guy that just was so understanding and so gave so much and just would sit down and just talk to you. 
and you felt like he was talking to you. He wasn't talking to an audience. He was talking directly to you, and that's what made it so special. Did you know that his car got stolen once? Really? Who would, who, what kind of monster would steal Mr. Rogers' car? People who didn't know that it was Mr. Rogers' car. And then when he went on TV and said that his car got stolen, the next day it showed up in his driveway. With oh, my a, gosh. With a note on his windshield saying, if we had known it was yours, we never would have taken it. Oh, my god. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the influence he had on people. Oh, my god! Not even man. a criminal. Even, could, even could. the bad guys couldn't do something wrong to Mr. Rogers. Just can't bring yourself to do it. That that is legitimately one of the best things I've ever heard. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh like I feel like we need to end the episode right now. Like just end it on a high note because it's just nothing's gonna top that. It's so beautiful. It is. Oh, That's but we well. do have we do have one more segment we need to get to tonight before we call it a night. Um, but before I do that, a quick thank you to the people that helped keep this show running. You know, we said our thank yous to Joey and Rachel when they submitted their stuff. But we've also got some other patrons on the program, like Jake, like Dan, like Parker. You guys are all a big part of what we do here, and we can't thank you enough. If uh, if you want to be a patron, go find us at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. You can also find most recent episodes on StarWarsUnderworld.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play. You can find stuff on our hosting site. We've got pretty much our entire library available there at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. And we're also on social media as well. Just search IPC Podcast on all the major platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you'll be able to find us there as well. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, now it's time for that final segment. And uh, apparently the hyperlink is from last week, so we're going to have to improvise, but that's okay. <laughs> we did not plan this. We do. We, we, we improvise all the time. It's not a big deal. So let's improvise it one more time as everybody who is listening live gets out your hashtags. We've had a really awesome, engaging chat on channel1138.com tonight, which is awesome. Thank you to all you guys who participated with us. Steven, Matthew, George. Uh, I think Kenny showed up for a little bit. I think Chris showed up for a little bit. So uh, thank you to all you guys for being a part of that tonight. Get out your hashtags, you guys. And if you're listening uh, on a pre-recorded rendition, then get it out and put it on all the social media platforms I just told you about. Because it's time, one more time, for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 So I, I figured out what I'm going to do for this edition while I was listening to the Barbecue Watch music, guys. I figured it out. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about uh, barbecue tonight, uh, but it, oh, it's, really? it's Barbecue Watch related still, though. I'm going to tell you a little story about how the word yeehaw was ruined for me this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, I texted you guys this in the group chat while it was happening. And I swear to God, this is the most surreal experience I've ever had in my life. 
have you guys ever heard of, but before I sent you the screen picture of it, like the, the poster for it, had you guys ever heard of the movie The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? I heard of it, yes. Allowed to watch, never. <laughs> I, yes, same, same. I didn't think I was either until my parents told me it was a really great comedy and a musical and it was really funny and we should all watch it. <laughs> yeah, we don't Together. really do nudity, nudity in our house. <laughs> Together. Okay, so here, here's a preface. I introduced them to Game of Thrones this spring. Okay, so we've oh. seen some pretty raunchy. But, <laughs> but nothing really prepared me for how casual my family was about the stuff that was happening in this movie. The the working girls were in very scantily clad outfits, even for their time. Dolly Parton was the mistress slash pimp of this movie. Burt Reynolds oh was the sheriff of the town. He was basically like the chief hopper of a South Texas brothel. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was very, very surreal. And the way that they were all arguing for uh, prostitution rights and how, you know, they pay their taxes, they contribute to the community, they're not hurting anybody, leave them alone, that kind of thing. Like, like there was like a, a, a philosophical political debate that was going on in the middle of this movie. But then at the same time, there was like exposés happening where gotcha journalists were jumping into the rooms taking pictures while the girls were performing acts on the guys. And it, oh, it legitimately looked like I was watching the real thing at times. It was just, it was weird. <laughs> and what was really oh, weird is part of the plot was this, uh, this rivalry between the Texas Longhorns and the Texas A&M Aggies. It's been going on for a century or so. It's been stopped as of recent years, but it's a long-standing rivalry. And apparently, the senators from each respective districts had set it up to where whoever won the football game, the seniors from that team got to go visit this brothel after the game. And in the movie, the Aggies won, and they were celebrating, congratulating each other, not only for the victory, but for the fact that they got to go visit this establishment. And as they were showering and as they were getting cleaned up and as they were singing about how excited they were to go visit these women, in the middle of the song, they would shout out the random, Yeehaw! <laughs> and it was just... Oh my gosh. It was so weird. It was so, so weird. Like, eventually we're going to have to edit the Barbecue Watch intro music and include the yeehaw from that clip because it's just so ingrained in my memory now that I'm never going to forget it. And I know that I'm going on a bit of a tangent. I know that it's not exactly related to barbecue, but I'm not exactly about to talk about chicken breasts after talking about this establishment. I'm just not going down that road. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not in the mood anymore. I'm, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's that's best saved for another night. Uh, but yeah, the word "yeehaw" is now officially ruined. I'm never gonna be saying it like actually anymore. It's never going to be like an actual thing that I say. It's it's just ruined. Just can't for me bring now. yourself to do it. It's just ruined for mm-hmm. me now. Mm-hmm. That that movie probably ruined my innocence more than Game of Thrones did. <laughs> oh my that's God. saying something. I just I'm I don't know. Game of Thrones felt tasteful. It felt like art. This felt like it was being thrown in my face, quite literally and figuratively. And it was just... I'm sorry. 
Burt Reynolds, Dolly Parton nudity. That not not don't want any part oh, of that. No. And uh, and, any... and and also Jim Neighbors, also known as Gomer Pyle, was in this movie. That's crazy to me. That poor man. That poor man. He it rest was, in peace. It it was it was a very I think the most surreal part of it was that it was endorsed by my parents. You know, they were the ones who initiated it. They were the ones who wanted to watch it. They were the ones who asked me to come over and watch it. And it was just, it, it was a, it was a very surreal experience. That's funny. So, yeehaw! It's the end of the night, folks. Where can we find yeehaw! you guys it's over. on social media outside of this podcast? Jake, go. Before you die. <laughs> you can find me on uh, Instagram at Jake Damon on Twitter or I'm sorry, Twitter's at Jake Damon, Instagram's at Jake W. Damon. And uh, my brother and I just started a podcast last week. Episode one was last week. We, we we thought about doing a Hogan's Heroes podcast, but we decided to hold off on that for now before we can develop a, a good idea for that. But we're doing a another show from our childhood, Ben 10, and we're calling it Ben 10 Again. And we are <laughs> watching through every episode of the original Ben 10 series which has 51 episodes which will make for a about a year long podcast we thought it'd be a cool uh cool project to tackle and episode two we are recording tomorrow nice that is if you don't die tonight correct (laughs) correct which is possible you can find me at Ben Hart with no e on Facebook and Twitter, and even on Instagram, which I posted there this week for the first time in like six months. So go check me out there. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zach underscore DFW, Z-A-C underscore DFW. You can also find me on Twitter at Zach the Voice, Z-A-C-H, Zach the Voice. That's where I'm going to be working on my broadcasting stuff, which is just a few weeks away. So um, my, uh, my appearances might be... A little bit more sparse in the coming months, but I'll still be around and I'll still be contributing. So looking forward to, you know, working on a new sports related project, which is pertaining to my career while also keeping up with the podcasting world. It'll be an interesting juggle and an interesting balance, but I really appreciate having you guys supporting me on this and helping me pursue this because I really feel like it's going to be it's going to be a cool thing in the long run. It's just I got to get it off the ground and running first. Absolutely. Well, guys, next week's going to be a big one. And maybe we need to try and get on like a half hour earlier than we usually say we do so that we're not staying 45 minutes later than we usually do. (laughs) (laughs) This has been an almost three hour long podcast, but we got through 35 top five lists, including our own 32 submissions plus the three that we have. So 35 times five, we tackled 175 items on our list tonight which is damn pretty damn impressive but it also has made for a really late night so unless you guys have any final thoughts i'm just gonna call it a night amen brother put this thing to bed so we can put ourselves to bed yes sir that's the way we're gonna do it but it's gonna be an awesome week next week our 250th episode is on the horizon ladies and gents 250 episodes of this gosh dang podcast you don't want to miss it we're going to do it up big we're going to have a lot of fun we might try and get like some guests on the show to talk about ipc over the years or something like that we haven't really sorted it all out yet but you're definitely going to want to tune in next week it's going to be awesome 
But for now, and for Ben and for Jake, I'm Zach, thanking you for tuning in to this week of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. We hope that you'll tune in next week. But until that time comes around, we're just going to leave you with this closing thought. Struggles often begin and end with the truth. And the truth is, we hope to see you next week right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone. Every day when you're walking down the street And everybody that you meet Has an original point of view And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day If you could learn to work and play And get along with each other You got to listen to your heart Listen to the rhythm, the rhythm of the street. Open up your eyes, open up your ears, get together and make things better by working together. It's a simple message, and it comes from the heart. Oh, believe in yourself, for that's the place to start. Started I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If we can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Listen to your heart, listen to the beat, listen to the rhythm, the rhythm of the street. Open up your eyes, open up your ears, get together and make things better by working together. It's a simple message and it comes from the heart. Oh, believe in yourself, for that's the place to start. Science guy. The planet's on fire.